Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Yes, it is Friday, my friends. April 21st. We are Sports Take, Jacob Quartz YouTube Network. Wait, say, that say that again. It's what? It's what? It's Friday. 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 Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, baby. Woo. Yeah, baby. Uh, that's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. We're, we're going to get to Gunner's escapades in a minute. But when you have a crazy game like we had last night in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, between the Sixers and the Nets, we thought, you know what? We're not going to wait. We're not going to wait a half hour to talk to Keith Pompey. We're going to bring Keith Pompey in right Boom. now. Sixers beat writer from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, thanks for, thanks for hopping on, man. I know they have shoot around in a little bit. Appreciate your time. Nah, anytime. I love coming on the show. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, man. You, bro. Boy, oh, boy. Keith, I, I, honestly, where to start? There was so much that went on in that thing last night. Exactly. Let's start with, with with 9.30 in the first quarter. I, di- I didn't think we'd be discussing something that happened that early in the game, Keith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, usually we wait a little bit longer. But the Joel Embiid kick heard around the world. Um, I, personally, I'm, I'm watching in my living room, man. You, I know you're there. I was really surprised he didn't get booted from the game. Were you surprised yep. as well? Yeah, I was. I mean, because <laughs> it was crazy. And I, and, and I kind of think he was surprised, too, because when it happened, when they were reviewing it, you know, he walks over towards the Sixers bench and Doc says something to him. Other players say something to him. And then he's just sitting there, right? You know, like I, he had that look like, oh, I messed up. Like when we were kids and we made a mistake and we did something wrong and you knew mom and dad was about to get you, right? Yeah, you know it's going down. Right? You know it's going down. And then going to get the switch. Yeah. I was shocked, man. You Don't do that, Gun. You're making me have a flashback. <laughs> but, Suddenly, um, Keith, Keith's leaving the interview right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're driving down the side of the road and you say something yes, to your yes, grandparents. Oh, that's like, right. Uh-oh. They yep. the car. Yep. And they make you go pick it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so I, I and they gave him a break. I mean, let's face, let's be real. They did give him a break. I just want to fast forward a second and get back to it. But do you think he's safe for tomorrow? I mean, or do you think they're going to get him tomorrow because they didn't get him last night? 
You know, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, be, just because it, it's kind of like when you talk to the guy, I think he'll be fine, right? Yeah. He'll probably be fine. But when you talk to the crew chief, um, Tony Brothers, he basically said he didn't hit him. That's a flagrant one. So I think, you know, and and the reason why uh, James Harden got ejected because he connected, right, which is crazy. They both, you know, they. but anyway, so since he didn't connect, I I think they'll fine him, but I don't think that they'll suspend him. I I, I don't. don't. Tell me the last time a team frustrated Joel as much as this team because he was completely out of character for most of this game last night with an abundance of things that he did. Um, And obviously Brooklyn knows they don't have a man that can match up with him man for man, but what they're doing to him, I mean, his points have been dropping every game. His shots have dropped every game. His ability to control a game has, has dropped every game. They are in his head right now. Am I right or wrong? No, oh, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, at first, it's, it's, everything sounds good to say yeah. that, you know, you're getting the teammates involved. And I do think he, he was trying to do that. But last night, it was total frustration. Um, and, and like, it's to a point where, you know, I, I think what they're doing is they're doing, like, the last resort. Like, okay, well, we know we can't stop him. Like, mm-hmm. he's passing out these double teams. Other guys are, we just got to go and, and, and mess with his mental. We just got to attack him. And, and physically try to beat them down. And the last time that I did see this happen, there was a team that used to have a lot of success. It was, um, well, it was two teams. It was the Mark Gasol Memphis Grizzlies. And then when Mark Gasol went to the Toronto Raptors, they did the same thing. They just used to frustrate Embiid. And he couldn't, like we think about it, there was a couple games where he didn't even score a point, right? So, so there's like, um, you know, it, there's that factor. Um, but that's the last time I saw it. And this year, you think of the maturation, you think of everything else, mm-hmm. and you didn't expect to see what you saw last night. Mm. Do you think it's a product of how they're playing on the defensive side of the ball more so than anything? Because I, I, I think, I, to me, I mean, they're picking him up. They're, they're not even double-teaming him when he gets to the post. They're double-teaming him as soon as he gets down the court. As that's soon right. as he passes the half-court line, they're putting somebody on him, and they're double-teaming him right there, which is trying to make him get the ball out of his hands and, you know, open player, we've been blessed this time because open players are hitting shots or driving to the cup with his absence not being under the bucket. How does he counter that? Does he get back underneath the bucket and they double-team kicking out? Or, I mean, how how are they how are they going to get by this? Because you know the Celtics are looking at that and they're seeing how well they're they're, they're getting in his head. Do you see this is something they're going to use from this point on in the, in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, but but I also think the Celtics, what the Celtics tend to do, they do something different. Like what they do is, they kind of like, okay, Joel, you want to be the man, be the man. We want some, but we're not going to let Maxie and 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 Harris and yeah. and Harden and 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 uh, George Niang beat us, right? <laughs> and and I think what I think what what Brooklyn is doing, they they're doing the opposite, but it backfired on them the first couple games because the other guys were basically hitting shots. So now they're just frustrating them. But, you know, you you do bring up a good point. You know, right now everybody talks about how Embiid is dominant because what he's doing is he's in the, you know, at the nail, at the three-throw line, and he's facing the basket. But as you said, they are attacking him before the ball even comes there, and he's getting frustrated. I mean, the big thing is a lot of times you got to do what Shaq used to do. And, you know, Embiid, he turns the ball over a lot. 
but they would feed and yeah. beat. They would feed Shaq the ball in the post. Mm-hmm. He would turn around with a hard elbow and go up and dunk it on somebody. And then you would have to think twice if you right. leave that elbow again, <laughs> even though it was an offensive foul, maybe. Right. So I, I feel like you got to take advantage of his girth compared to this other guy. I mean, Embiid is listed as 280, but he's around 300, right? This yep. guy is listed as 226, but he's a buck, he's probably 210. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's the best way to get like get this guy to think about does he want to take this paint um this this pounding um is just feed it to him and like Embiid get physical with him because right now Embiid's the one that's getting frustrated. Yep. yep. And that's the thing, Keith. We. I thought we were sort of past this, and I get it. It's got to be frustrating the way they're hacking them and everything. They're throwing doubles and triples at him constantly. But we knew, and he knew going into this, that's what they were going to do. And I thought the first two games, he did a pretty good job of just sort of dealing with it, and even kicking it out from a, from a fundamental standpoint. It felt like last night, man, just from the jump, they were in his head. And, and yeah. to his credit, he makes the gigantic <clears throat> block at the end of the game, had a couple of big buckets at the end that of the game. That was huge, but, wasn't it? Oh, oh which, I goodness. mean, uh, unbelievable. And that's maybe the difference between him – in years past, but it did feel like a little bit of that stuff crept back in. Yeah, it does. And you also got to be careful what you, what you ask for too, because you remember he made a comment about Jock Vaughn complaining about the officiating mm-hmm. and like he's doing the Nick nurse thing. Right. And then, you know, some of these guys, they hear that they go home and it's like, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's bulletin board material, but at the same time, they're like, Oh, so you weren't about the officiating. And, and it, it's mm-hmm. not like this stuff wasn't coming out of nowhere. Like right. Jock Vaughn was asked before the game, he was asked, how are they killing you on the boards? What do you do? He says, well, you got to hit somebody. And he mm-hmm. says, if these guys really want to win, then they're going to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, they were out there hitting people. I mean, right. like they, like when, when, when rebounds were coming, they were going, literally going there and just like shoving in the people, right? Closing mm-hmm. out. They were mm-hmm. physical. But at the same time, Embiid and them were doing the same thing in game one and parts of game two. So, like you said, you got to know you're going in the road, you're going in a hostile environment, right? You know that when you play high school, college ball, especially in the pros, that you're going in a hostile environment and you got to you gotta play hard. You can't let somebody just come there and smack you around a little bit. Now, Keith, I know you're going to practice today. I'm assuming you have access to the players after practice um, if you get to talk to Joel, can you tell him to stop the, the Saturday ma- afternoon matinee theatrics on both sides of the court? Because he's going to get hurt flopping, man. You see the way he flopped like, like, like somebody <laughs> shot him from the top rafters? Even by his standards, he was on the floor all I mean, seriously? Night, man. I mean, he's yeah. like, this, oh, Lord, oh, and he's all over. Come on, man. Seriously. Tell the dude to stop flopping. It's not working, man. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny because it was kind of like you could tell like they were – it, you know, they were being aggressive, and he was going all out to, to sell it a couple of times. Now, a couple of times, I will say, one time he, he looked like he did mess up his ankle, and the other time his knee. But, yeah, it was a couple of times where, you know, it was like I was shot. Dude, but, but, dude, no one has a gun. Well, they're, hitting, they're hitting me. They're not even, it's not even a basketball foul. They're hitting me. I'm falling, and I can't get up. No, you're right, man. But seriously, uh, I, I look at him being – and this is the games where, you know, like you said, you got to take over like a Shaq would take over. You got to take over. And and and, and to, to Maxie's credit, when they needed him the most, he stepped up. But you saw a different game when Maxie was running it out there than even Harden was. I think they really need to split it up a little bit, give Harden a little more rest, and let Maxie take over for a little bit. You know, push the ball, press him, press him, let's go. 
be working. Yeah, it seems to be working. But the one thing I will say about this is, and I, this is my biggest concern about Harden coming to here, coming to uh, the Barclays Center. And, you know, they'll say, Keith, you don't know what you're talking about, right? But it just seems to me whenever he comes here, just because the way it he left, he wants to show them something. And we saw on key possessions where the floor was spread, and they always say the lack of spacing, but we saw him boom, 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 doing dribbles. Sometimes he made the shot, but at the same time, that leads to a lot of standing around. If he doesn't make the shot, then they got to get back go on defense. All and right. I felt like Wetchamacard was more deliberate, Maxie. He yep. got the ball. If he was shooting it, he just ran to his spot and bang. He went to you know to the rim. He did a lot of things. But when Harden was there, they would get up in the half court, and it was just long possessions. And if he missed it, then they were back on D, and the other team was trying to get a layup. Mm-hmm. Did How um... – how surprised were you about the Harden ejection, and how much do you think the Embiid thing earlier played into that? I mean, if there's no Embiid incident earlier, is there any way he gets tossed for that? You know what, and, and that's great. I'm, 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 I'm 100 with you. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you, you don't think so, right? No, and I don't think so. I don't like. I, don't I honestly either. feel like, honestly feel like, and some people are like, nah, man, that's not right. I honestly feel like the way that people felt that MB should have got ejected, not just um, like inside the arena, but on social media, everywhere on TV. That was the thing that everybody was talking about. And it got, and it, and it kind of appeared like, okay, NBA, you know, you guys are saying that you guys are like, ob- like everything is objective or whatever, but you're trying to save your stars. And then when, and when Harton did what he did, I felt like, he had to be ejected in my eyes. A lot of people saying, oh, no, that wasn't bad. That wasn't this net. But I felt like if the Brooklyn Nets would have lost that, that game and MB did what he did, and then this other guy is laying down in the fetal position because he got, <laughs> knee, because he got elbowed, and then the Sixers are celebrating, then everyone would have been looking like, okay, NBA, we know y'all wanted the Sixers to face Boston hmm, in the next right. You know what? Like Charles Barkley said on the post game show last night, he said, "Man, he said, he said, Harden, you can't be elbowing people in the junk. You got to kick them in the junk. Man, if you're gonna make it count, <laughs> kick them in the junk. Don't be elbow. I'm like, this dude is off the chart. But, but Keith, um, one thing that we talked about extensively going into this series was somebody had to step up consistently, other than Harden and Embiid. And I think you've seen that. I mean, Tobias, three games." has been as consistent as you could possibly ask him to be. Key shots from Melton, key shots from the Yang. Once it was identified that Boston, uh, Brooklyn was going to do everything possible to corral Joel, the, everybody else in the umbrella has stepped up when they've had to, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. And it's funny because, you know, when you talk to all of them, they all like, yo, all we want is opportunity. We just yeah. want opportunity, you know, when we get the ball. And they're getting it. And, you know, it was funny because yesterday I asked Tobias, I said, Tobias, it looks like you're more locked in and you're mm-hmm. more aggressive. Now, no, 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 don't get it twisted. I'm always locked in. I'm like, okay, right? <laughs> but, but you know, but, nah, he he honestly, be honest with you, he's more locked in because he knows that he's going to get the ball right. and he's attacking more. Think about it. In the past, we used to always see Tobias Harris get the ball and then you, like, attack the rim and he would, like, swing it. You know what I mean? Yep, he swing yep. it and then, you know, get a little disappointed because the ball didn't come back to him. 
right now he's looking at it like I got this ball. I have the ball as an open mm-hmm. lane. I'm dribbling and I'm going hard to the to the to the uh, to the rim. He was also shooting 67 percent from three the first two games. Yeah, we haven't seen that. He nope. looked like a different Tobias Harris. That is a different Tobias. You're right. Huh? It is a different Tobias. A different one. Even though he doesn't want to admit it, he's saying he's getting more opportunities. But he is. It just seems like he's more aggressive. As if he has something to prove. You know? I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care what he said. I guarantee you, whether he's heard it directly or a circle, every player has an inner circle. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, he's heard the noise because when you look at him after he scores a basket, watch his body language in yeah. terms of I'm gonna show you people. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this. I'm gonna show somebody. Well, you know yeah. what? In, in, in saying that, he's almost got. It's, it's almost like uh, I, I, I hate to put it like this because like it's like really trying his manhood and everybody else this, you know, on the bench manhood. But it's almost like Embiid is giving them a nod, like, you may ball my son. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it seems like they 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 oh, really? Thank you? And they're balling in that way now. They're consistently going out there and doing their thing, man. And I think that's the biggest difference what we saw before. They, it's like they've got his, his, they, they got, all right, you, I, I, I give you, I'll give you the ball, my son. And now they're out there balling accordingly, you know what I'm saying? Being more aggressive. They're not playing two-man ball. They're not, you know, it's not pick and roll just with Harding and Embiid now. Everybody's involved now in the offense. And I think that's yeah. the biggest difference from what I saw at the end of the season and to what I see right now. Everybody's involved in the offense. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to say this, y'all. This, this is the one thing that scares me about this is because, you know, we're looking at it and, and it's also a little bit disrespectful from the Brooklyn Nets. And what they're basically saying is, Tobias, you can't beat me. Mm-hmm. Matt, oh, you yes. can't beat me. So, like, when we saying, like, you can ball now, and they're also saying, how dare they disrespect me? I'm going to show them that they can't yes. stop me. I'm going to get over da, da, da. Yep. Da, da, da. Well, the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to do the same thing. Right. So what they're, I mean, not the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics. Right, right, they're right. not going to do the same thing. So the thing that concerns me uh, is, is – how or Maxi, Tobias, um, George Niang, and all these other guys, how are they going to deal with it when they get limited opportunities? Mm. You know, are you going to get frustrated because you're not getting the ball? Or are you going to say, hey, I may get only five shots, but I'm going to take care of this or I'm going to do other things? That's the thing because we all know that they can score, that they can do it, but what can you do when you don't get the ball? Right. That's a great point. That's a great point. So, Keith, mm-hmm. the, the guy that Doc Rivers said flat out won the game wasn't Maxi, wasn't Embiid, wasn't anybody else. It was PJ Tucker. PJ, yeah, yeah. Tucker, who, yeah. you know, it's it's not plays that are going to show up sometimes in a box score. It's diving on the floor. It's it's tough rebounds. You know, whatever. Um, but he's he's PJ playoff. You know, right now, you know, he he is all three games. He's made an impact in a big way. Yeah, he's played well, but I disagree with Doc. I think Maxi won the game. Hey, ten straight I Yeah, I love really? Doc. But, you know, Doc is the Doc is smart. And what Doc does is he'll say something through the media to get to somebody because you got to realize P.J. did play well, but they benched P.J. in the fourth quarter in game two, right? right? So I understand that. But P.J. did play well. P.J. came in because at, at one point I'm looking at this game and I'm seeing five out. Like they literally had five out. And then they would shoot the ball. And then next thing you know, and the thing about it is, you know, you're shooting these long – these long threes or whatever, and you miss it, 
a lot of times, you know, the ball bounces out in transition. So you get a long rebound. And they weren't quick enough to, to, to get the ball, right? I mean, to, uh, to keep up with the defenders. And I'm like, what are the Sixers doing? When they had P.J. Tucker down there, he was getting physical with people. He was doing things. He was grabbing mm-hmm. rebounds. You know, he did a lot of the things, the gritty stuff that you need. Um, so I do agree with that. But no no offense to Doc. I like Doc. Um, but Maxi won the game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no Keith, when, you get, when you look at the way this series has played itself out, and we we've, we're talking about how the Sixers have spread the wealth, do you think this could be eye-opening for Doc in terms of his strategy for the next series, in terms of going to players maybe sooner, or to give his big his frontline players a little bit more rest, um, or is it every series is a different series? I think every series is a different series, mm-hmm. and 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 the one thing I will say, like you do want to pass, you want to move the ball, yeah. But I, but I also think in in every sport. It, there's a hierarchy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there are certain players, because of what they do, they need to get the ball more, right? They need to do things more. But the one thing that this thing is, is sh- has shown me is that the hierarchy maybe has to be a little bit more distributed. Like, I think that mm-hmm. in order for the Sixers to be successful, they need to find a way, let's say, assuming they're going to play uh, Boston, they need to find a way a conscious effort to get Maxi going because yep. it just seems like he's been the one struggling. You know, you look at Harden, you know, Harden, like it comes a point in time where that torch has to be passed to whereas, okay, James, we may want you to be the third option. You could be the facilitator, but we need you to be the third option. We got to get Maxi going because right now with Maxi is hot and Joel is hot. We're a better team right now. You can still be the facilitator hit some threes. I mean, hit, I mean, hit some shots, but I just feel like they have to get him going more because I, um, and, and it's still going to be a hierarchy. It's just that it's distributed different. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keith, good stuff. Thanks for hopping on, man. Uh, appreciate we, we, you. We, appreciate you, man. your coverage uh, tomorrow's game. And then tonight, today after shoot around, but thanks for a couple minutes, man. Hey, hey Keith, real quick. Um, if, if, um, tell Joel, if this basketball thing doesn't work out, there's an opening on days of our lives. He can have. <laughs> You're giving Keith a lot of assignments Bro. today for the shooter. Bro. Out there. Hey, you're hey, just going there to cover the team. You're not. Man. Hey, so all right. So tomorrow, now, man, you, you'll you'll know if it goes over well. If you, because I remember last time I asked Doc a question and he was like, stupid question and it went viral. So if y'all see some viral stuff, he gonna got me. Then you know, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he gonna got me looking bad. Did me yeah. dirty. So I'm gonna be, we'll be, we'll, look, we're on till three, Keith. Oh. So if stuff starts going down, we'll know. So we'll let you know. Okay. All right, all right, Keith. Hit right. hey, me up tomorrow, man. I'll be there. Hit right. me up tomorrow. All right, you got it. That's oh, Keith man. Pompey. You can follow him on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers Sixers beat writer man. for the Inquirer. You gonna that be up was... there tomorrow? You gonna be up there tomorrow, Brooks? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be up there tomorrow. Bro. You wanna go? Yeah. Nice. It's, it's home, right? No, no, Brooklyn. No, it's in Brooklyn. Oh, I ain't gonna see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh, no. I'm thinking oh, you're no. headed up to Brooklyn again. Oh no, no, oh no, sir. I thought I, I, I thought they were coming back here now. Oh my god. I thought that was their second game up there. Oh okay, yeah, no, no, that's right. That's right. They've only played. Three. That's right. Oh no. Oh, oh man. Oh, they gonna right, wrap so- that thing up. I'll see them against Celtics. There you go. Um, <laughs> they gonna wrap that thing up. Before we uh, we get into everything else we have to get into, 
what you all right, Gunner? You looking a little uh, squeamish today? What's happening? Dude, oh my goodness, man! Um, so I had a really bad al- allergy attack that started after. See it in your eyes a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I don't take meds except you know pre- prescription. I don't take meds. I like took over the counter stuff. You don't know, no. So I, I told you guys before it was Zyrtex. It was it was uh, Benadryl. Okay, I took two. So I had my alarm set for eight thirty this morning. So. I um, but when I woke up, I hear the dogs that we had to, we have a cr- two crates in our room, so we keep two the small dogs in our room in crates, and I hear them whimpering, and I'm looking around. I'm like eight thirty in the morning. This is unusual. They don't they don't uh they don't whimper like this. I look eleven twenty eight. What? <laughs> I jump up, dude. I let the dogs out. Let them downstairs. Let them out. I make the food and stuff. My son comes down and says, hey, look, the landscaper may be here today to, 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 to cut the grass. You got to do this, that. He goes, dad, do what you got to do. Take care of it. Mm-hmm. By the time I get back upstairs, I jump in the shower. Now it's 1145. <laughs> I jump in the shower. I slip. My left knee hits oh. a metal po- po- post. Oh. So now I got this knot on my left knee. Oh, that's the worst right there. Bro. Yes. Ooh. You know, and so now I'm sitting here in a bent position trying to stretch my leg out, you know. And so it's been one thing after another. So it's like one of those dog days, man. So that's like. And my wife had to leave early because normally she would have texted me or, or called me, hey, why aren't you up? Dude, I was like in zombie land, dude. I'm telling you, I'm like, for a second, I didn't know where I was. I said, why are the dogs whimpering? 1128. <laughs> now, here's why I don't take Benadryl. About 15 years ago, you know, we have, we have I, you know, Barry, you know me. I like to get to, to the office by a certain time, go over my notes, get across the street, especially home games by a certain time to get ready for pregame live shots and stuff, right? Yep. So I had a bad head cold one season about 15 years ago. And it was my wife told me, take Benadryl, you'll be fine. I'm like, I don't want to take Benadryl. She got me to take a couple of Benadryl. Lo and behold, I, I, I wake up, I look at my clock. It's like 1020 something when I wake up. Now, remember, I got to drive 45 minutes on a game day. Yeah, all oh, right. Jeez, that's late. So, yeah. I get, and, and so I get people that calling me and stuff. So I'm texting my boss. I apologize, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, how we go in the back gate. at the at, and, and so the dudes, everybody knows me. Yeah. I get to the back gate about 1220. Right. So usually they close the gate an hour before kickoff. So yeah. it's a one o'clock game. Gate was closed. I'm thinking dude's going to let me in. I get up to the gate. Now, it took me that long to get to the gate, back gate. Dude said, D-Gun, um, I know you. I know you, man. But we can, we're not allowed to open this gate after it's closed. I said, what? So now I got a bumper car my way all the way back around to the front gate to go in. And you know, people are coming in late. Oh yeah. By the time I get in the, in the stadium parking lot, get to my parking spot, get across the street to the game. It's one ten. Oh, Oh yeah. So I'm flying, you know? So my boss jokingly told, I said, look, she goes, I know you never let this happen. She goes, don't let it happen again. So, you know, me being me, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, that's what I said. <laughs> like a dummy, right? Instead of being more humble about it. Yeah, right. That is the once and only time in all my career I've never been missed in this. Other than being – the only other times I've missed games was a death in the family right. or the birth of my grandson um, in December of 2018 or when my dad passed away. No. Um, that's it. Outside, of, I've never missed assignment in 40 – Two years in this industry, man. I but that's why I don't fool with with Benadryl. I'll never do it again. I was worried about you because we we have our eleven o'clock meeting. I'm yeah. like, oh, Derek, maybe I missed the text. He probably has something going on. 
And then I didn't hear from you. I'm like, I, I texted you at like 1150. I'm like, are you okay? Are you with yeah. us? I forget what I said. What I you know why I didn't answer your text? My phone was completely dead. <laughs> I, so I put my phone on a charger before I jumped in the shower. <clears throat> By the time I got out, got to my, my chair here to look at my phone, I had 26 messages. Hey, why aren't you answering me? Hey, where are you? Oh, and then I see yours. Are you with us today? I'm like, and so I'm trying to quickly answer. I'll explain later. I'll explain later. Yeah, I'll explain you. later. You know, that fitness rebel with a good line. Benadryl is good for a light coma. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I agree. <laughs> no you're lies, agree. right? Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's come back. Uh, Jonathan Gannon had some uh, an interesting thing to say regarding his time in Philadelphia. Also, we're going to react to what Howie uh, and, and Nick said yesterday. We'll get into that. We're, we'll dig further into the Sixers as well. I know we don't normally start the show off right away with a guest, but that was pretty crazy last night, yeah, yeah. Uh, that game. So we'll get into all that, Phillies. Uh, we are going to rank our AFC coaches a little bit later. So you have an assignment during the commercial break, Degon. Oh, no. Uh, yes. There is um, NFL suspensions hanging uh, coming down for gambling. See? Uh-huh. Mm, mm, we'll tell you who. We'll tell you be more careful. Yeah. Hey, hey, wait, real quick. Are we doing the five, top five or top ten AFC? Ten, we, oh, baby. Ten. Ten. That's spot. hard, man. Isn't that hard? That's hard. Oh, it's hard, man. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we'll do all that. We'll, we'll get your reaction uh, in the chat section to everything we're talking about as well, and uh, birthdays, movies, all the usual stuff that we do. Uh, but we appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday. So I don't know about you guys. A little hungry? Yeah, a little hungry. So let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes. Thrilled that they are a part of the team. I was there last night, as a matter of fact. My daughter had a birthday party. Uh, a few people at the house, family here last night, and uh, popped over to Bravo Pizza of Havertown, got a pie for the party, and it was a smash hit. That's for sure. They are family-owned. They have been since 1985. Alex and his great crew, they're open seven days a week. Here's the great thing. Their food is made fresh daily. Nothing's just sitting there under some heat lamp. It is ready to roll as soon as you walk in. They offer 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go at Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Look, I, I got the uh, I got the plane yesterday. I go upside down. I go pepperoni. Uh, but here's the beauty. You can call up, name the kind of pizza that you want, and they will make it. That's right. Specialized pizza your way. But they don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. They have salad. Bravo Pizza is committed to the community, and they have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They are at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That is 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. You give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610 446 3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Friday, Friday. Thanks for hanging with us. Let's smash that like button if we could, folks. We do appreciate you. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, D-Gun, B-Brooks, R. Ellis. Uh, guys, let's hit this before we get to the Eagle stuff, the suspensions that have come down for betting. Um, four Lions players, including last year's first-round pick, Jamison Williams, the receiver out of Alabama, were among five players league-wide to be suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy after an investigation by the league. So it's Jamison Williams, uh, uh, Quintus uh, Cephas, who's another receiver, Cephas, uh, safety C.J. Moore, have been suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games, okay, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but What are you thinking about, man? Jamison Williams wasn't betting on NFL games, apparently. Oh my goodness! Uh, Washington Commanders defensive end is also uh, a defensive end. Chaka Tony, who's a Penn State kid, uh, they can reapply for reinstatement after one year. Damn, man! What? Yeah, man. Um, a full two, year. Yeah, and the Lions have released two of those guys. So, uh, second year wide receiver Williams, who's Jamison Williams, and Stanley Berryhill are being suspended for six games for mobile betting that occurred at the Lions facility. They, the, the distinction is they didn't bet on NFL games, but 
but they did it from the facility. So in other words, they yes. made NF- NBA or whatever. Um, the NFL noted in the announcement that it uncovered no evidence indicating any inside information was used for any of the games that the guys bet. But obviously, other than those two guys, the others must have bet NFL games. You're right. So they're 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 whacked at least for a season. Those other guys now. Yeah. Well, let's let's clear one thing up. Um, you NFL players are allowed to bet on non NFL games, but you cannot bet from a facility. Right. How, what what are these dudes thinking? Well, you're in you your bet, house. You, you want to bet an NBA playoff game last night? You're perfectly fine to do that. But, but you, you can't, can't do it inside. No, not inside the facilities. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Non NFL yeah. games is fine, but dude, come on. Did you see? Did they not see what uh, was it? Calvin Ridley, what he went through last year? He lost the whole year. It was well documented. What are these dudes thinking? See this, these players today, man. I don't get it, man. Yeah, I don't get it. See, back in the day, the information wasn't as widespread as we know because you didn't have social media. But everything is magnified nowadays. Do you have got to be smarter than this, man? Yeah. And, You're and losing, I, these dudes, uh, losing a year's salary over something, man. You, you're not going to recoup this money. It's crazy. And I know people will react and say, well, you know, the NFL shouldn't be in bed with all the gambling sites and all that and this and that. And, and it's legal in, in, in a lot of states. And all that's right. But the problem is, it doesn't matter. Like, if your workplace says you got to wear a blue shirt to work, you got to wear yeah. a blue shirt to work. I don't you know, know. Like, you just, you got to know what your rules are. Like, it, for and look, did I think it was ridiculous that, that NFL players couldn't smoke weed? Yes, I did. But it was part of the rules back in the day. So you had to abide by it. Like, you just, you got to deal. There's stuff, every every workplace has their own things that I'm sure people aren't thrilled about, but you got to deal with it. And it's just now, dumb. Now it you got a whole dumb. lot of Bob Marley's in the NFL. Once they said weed's okay, man, <laughs> Bob Marley's all over the place. But say they just boy. don't test it now, right? No. They don't. They no. do you not can't get it. caught with it in your car. Right. At the facility, though, or something like facility. that. Right? Correct. Right, yep. right. But even if, I mean, like, at this point, if a, if a player is smoking weed at home, they can't test them at the facility? Correct. Not for that. Not for that. They'll, they'll get tested, but if weed comes yeah. up, you're good. I and not only that, but a, but a lot of these players, they like those edibles. Instead of just smoking, right. they like the edibles now. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a whole new world. Hey, Bear, it's a whole new world, brother. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, man. Like, well, I like my like... career got started um, from that. Yeah, right. Well, well, in fact, I think Bernard Williams kind of – right. He screwed me, but I actually Bernard Williams screwed me from me getting my get my my just due, man. Because I was really supposed to play guard. They drafted me to play left guard, and I was supposed to be left guard on the side of Bernard Williams. It's supposed to be we're supposed to be the tandem, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. B and Dub, me, you know. So that's, that's what you're gonna call us on that left side, B and Dub. You know, what I'm saying I came in as a as a guard. He was supposed to be a tackle, but he just couldn't stay off the weed. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. And, and look, I would much rather. I'm glad now. So these guys, if they need to self medicate, if they're hurting, rather than taking tour it all and all the other stuff, like right, you know, if smoking weed gets you or taking an edible gets you some comfort, good. But but regardless, like for for this stuff, man, this is just it's dumb, man. And you know, Jamison Williams was coming up the knee injury last year. Yep. It looked like you know that was going to be showed not, some signs. Yeah, and their their offense is going to be pretty explosive. This is a it's only six games, but still, that's a that's a pretty big blow, you know, to them for him missing that that portion of the season, a thir- almost a third of the year. See, according to this guidelines, as I said, players can bet on non NFL games, but they are prohibited to do it while at an NFL facility, including the locker room, a team flight, team hotel, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So anything associated with the team, you're not allowed to do it. But 
if you're on your own and it's not NFL games, you can do these knuckleheads, man. We, I don't get it, man. We used to play this it. game called Boo-Ray. It's gambling. Boo-Ray is a type of poker. And, uh, you know, you're just making suits. You know, whoever wins the suits wins the hand. But if, if, if a player um, doesn't get a book, he gets booed. And if he doesn't get a book, he's got to pay the, um, the, the, the whoever won that book. They get the um, they get the pot. But he has the match to pot. So there were times when there was there was fifteen thousand dollars. Damn. On the on the you know what I'm saying on the table, mm-hmm. and a player got booed. That means the fifteen grand went to the player that won, and he had the match. He had to put fifteen grand inside the pot for the next hand. Mm. Oof. Yeah, I just seen fist fights break out on planes because of this game. I believe called Boo-Ray. Boo-Ray was that work though. Damn. Okay. Hey, you know what? Hey, also, hey, I, uh, from the bottom of my heart, everybody on the on the stream, I really appreciate how you guys treat my moms. I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Much love to y'all. I appreciate you guys. You know what I'm saying? Check my brother everything. Yeah, 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 ma. I love you, ma. She's the best. She's the mm-hmm. best. I love it. She's with us every day, man. It's awesome. It is awesome. All right. Hey, hey, Mr. Taz, you're getting, you're getting a little personal now. I saw it. He, he did that to everybody. That <laughs> what you, I, what, I, okay. you got Last to see Mr. Taz comment, Rob. Yeah, oh, I got it. Plan. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, that, We're talking about the Reverend, that's, man. That's a low blow, man. That's Yeah, that's, that's my guy. That, 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 yeah, that is yeah, my man. guy right there. There's my yeah. guy right behind me. <laughs> right. That, yes, yes. That's my dude. And, and why, you know, why he ragged all of me? He praying for me at the same time. That's right. <laughs> he praying for the same time, bro. You know what? It, you know what? Not just you, Barry, but from an offensive lineman perspective, I want I, I, I want to ask you. I'm glad you said that. Reggie White did that 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 hump move to everybody. Yes. That club move to everybody. Okay. And I've seen Reggie a lot of times not only do it but turn around and help a player up that he just clubbed. <laughs> Isn't that even more? Even isn't that even more demoralizing when a player does that to you and then extends his hand to help you up? Let me tell you what's demoralizing. (laughs) We were beating. We were beating up on a pretty bad man. We were beating up on a pretty bad. Um, No, we weren't. No, we weren't. No, actually, we were playing in. Um, we were playing in Green Bay, and our starting right tackle caught Reggieitis. Reggieitis is when you're going to play Reggie, you all of a sudden get sick. You get food poison or something like that, so you don't have to play against Reggie. So I'm sleep. I'm not even playing the game because I'm not starting that game. Richard Cooper is starting the game. Yeah. Long story long, I get a phone call waking me up at 5:45. Ray Bob. Now this is Ray Bob. Said, you know, he, you know, he's, he was chewing. Get, get, get your ass up. Get, get your ass up. I said, "What's up, Coach? What's, what's going on? You, you got to play. You got to start." I'm like, "What are you talking about, man? That damn Cooper got Reggie Ice." Like, okay, coach, what is Reggie Itis? That's why you don't want to play against Reggie. He's got Reggie Itis. You just get your ass up. We got to talk. Come on down now. So I had to have a, a like a 30, 40 minute meeting with, 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 with uh, you know, at 5 30 in the morning before the Yeah, game. you know what I'm saying? With, you know, Callahan and, 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 um, and, and what was his name? Uh, Chucky and Gruden. I'm up 5 30 in the morning meeting with Callahan and Gruden because I'm starting. To, I'm like, coach, I know the game plan. I've been through practice all day. That's what I do. I'm a swing tackle now since you don't start me. You got me here. I, I know what to do. All right, we're just making sure because he called Reggie Itis. Long story long, we playing the game, and I'm balling. I'm, I mean, I'm going all out. I didn't give everything I had. I mean, it's like it's like a minute and a half left in the game, and we're winning at the time. Mm. But we're up. We're only up. It's like we got nine. We got nine. I think they got seven. So it's a minute and a half left on the game. 
he comes up to the line of scrimmage. We go to the line and, just, and we go to pass play. And, and it had to be a seven step drop. He said, Hey, Brooksy, you've had a great game. But hey, I got to go hard now, okay? So make sure you go hard. I'm like, I'm, I'm like this, though. I'm like this. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to faint because I, I didn't gave everything in my body. I've gave every heart, soul. I didn't have anything left in the tank. I'm fighting my butt off and he ain't even sweating. Oh, now no. he tells me he's going to go hard right now. Long story long, he came up and he brought that arm back to hump me. And as soon as he hump me, I grabbed him like this and bear hugged him. And he was swinging me around with my legs in the air. And my legs were literally in the air. He's swinging me around. I had like five flags thrown at me. They hit boom, 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 boom. The very next play, he does the same thing. He goes to hunt me again. I go to grab him, and he pulls out and swims me. He hits Rodney Pete, bam, fumble the ball. Next thing you know, we lose 10-9. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. So when you say when you say you guys can call him uh, Reggie White all you want, all, but that's Mr. White to me, oh, Mr. White. I think man. one of the most impressive things about Reggie was he was only like 6'2", like 290, 292. He wasn't a big dude. But everybody talked to said, dude, they've never played a stronger player. No, he got that you grown know? man strength. I, I equated to like, I tra- I equated to like when I used to grab my son, and like yeah. he knew he was grabbed. Then when yeah. your pops grabbed yeah. you, you knew you yeah. were grabbed. You ain't oh, going yeah. nowhere. Yeah, when he grabbed you, you were grabbed, bro. He's like yeah. grown man strength, like like in your you know freed you in your tracks. I'm like, dad, go. And they say he never lifted weights. I couldn't tell. Yeah. He had that country barn strength, like he throwed yeah. up hay bales or something. Yeah. You know what oh I'm yeah, saying? man. Yeah, but yeah, man, he had that people, deep south, that deep yeah, south bro, strength, bro, bro, bro. You, like man. he, he was singing Negro spirituals or something, bro. That's how strong <laughs> he was. Man. I ain't gonna lie, bro. He, he was, he was, he was unreal, bro. He was unreal, man. That's why Embarrass I said your TV and pick you up. Bless you, my brother. <laughs> the only thing, yeah, exactly. You know, it's the only thing. Like you, when you played against Reggie, oh. you didn't want your ESPN moment, right? Because you know, that's all you got. He just don't. But I was like, look, he took Larry Allen, the strongest NFL player to play. Larry Allen used to, I, Larry Allen was so strong that he had his own weight bench at the at the Cowboys facility, and it was naturally bent from all the weight that's on it. Like even when they took the weights off, it was naturally bent. Yeah. He had to put a hook in the, on the sides of things to keep the weights from falling off because he had so much weight on that. He literally, I saw him bench 700 pounds with my own eyes. Yeah, 700, 700 pounds. Yeah. That's how strong he was. But it was Thanksgiving Day, and I watched Dallas play Green Bay, and I saw him hump Larry Allen like 10 feet. I said, you know what? I don't care about what anybody else say to me. If he can hump Larry Allen, he can hump anybody. Yeah. So I didn't feel yeah. so bad, bro. I didn't feel so bad. Why would you ever call a seven-step drop when Reggie White's on the field? Exactly. Was well, that the in- most ignorant thing you could do? We just Seriously. run the ball. Yeah. Run four-minute offense. Do you remember? You guys remember that Super Bowl game when Green Bay played New England? Yeah. Yes. And he Reggie took Lighthouse. over. Oh, he took oh. took over the fourth quarter. He took over the fourth quarter. That Man, was straight he, dominance. He clubbed him three plays in a yeah. row, Jack. No. Now you know it's coming, and you yeah. still can't stop it. Nothing. Yeah. There's nothing you could do to stop his fury, bro. Yeah, nothing. he decided I am getting a ring in my lifetime, and it's happening right now. And I will take this thing over. Put anybody you want in front of me. It's over. It was like it was like a it was like scoring like 20 straight points at a basketball game or a guy yes. hitting four home runs. Yeah. He yeah. was yeah. just like, it's on yes. every time like they this. drop back. Yeah, yeah you talk like that. Hey, yeah. hey, Brooksy, Brooksy, hey, Brooksy. Well, you having one heck of a game, Brooksy. One heck of a game. But hey, I gotta go hard now, okay? 
I gotta go hard now, okay? Just, just you know, make sure you go now. I'm thinking about you know, you know how this what does that even your, mean? Right. <laughs> the feeling going your my stomach just dropped. I'm like, oh. I mean, all the air just left my it's like my soul left my body. I saw my soul fly rising in the air. What'd your soul say? Hey, B bro, you heard what he said. This is on you, bro. I'm out. Right, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you, man. One more story about Reggie. One more story about Reggie. Now we're playing Reggie, and uh, I forget where I forget what year it was, but I I'm I playing my right. I was playing right tackle then, so it was probably my last year, the last year I was playing. Oh, my last man. year, the year before that, and we're playing against them, and we're playing in the vet, and we are killing them. We're running the ball. We, all we do is run a sweep left, sweep right. All of, and all I can see is we're running a rock, and we got the grade digger man. His hands is on his hips. He done, you know what I'm saying? Reggie's done because we ain't passing the ball. So I'm doing great. We ain't got to pass it. I'm just running the rock. So I just boom, clamp onto him and sit right there. You know, I ain't trying to drive. I ain't trying to do nothing, you know, extraordinary to piss him off or anything. I'm just cool. All of a sudden, my right guard, who's not playing against Reggie, it starts talking trash to Reggie because he played with Reggie the year before in Green Bay. His name was Jerry Kraft. We call him Creamy. Now, Creamy was six foot seven, 380 pounds. So we're playing, we're running the rock. All of a sudden, um, he starts he starts cussing at Reggie. Oh, oh Reggie, B. Brooks is kicking your ass. Oh, and I'm, I'm like this. So I'm like this, oh my bruh, mind your business, bruh. Be quiet. Don't say nothing else to him. You're not playing against It's me. I'm playing against him. He's steady talking. We, so we run and run play. You know, not, you know, we drive. You know, like, oh, see, see, he killing you, Reggie. He killed, that's my man. Oh, man, we blowing y'all out. We kicking your ass. I'm like, man, leave Reggie alone. He said, now, Jerry, this is Reggie saying, now, Jerry, you're going to stop all that cussing, Jerry. I don't want to hear that from you. You know better. You know better, Jerry. Oh, man, F you, Reggie. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. We went back to the huddle. I didn't have to say anything. Rodney Pete cussed him out. Man, shut your mouth. Do you realize who you play? Don't you say one more word to him? He said, oh, man, Brooks, he got him. Brooks, he got him. All of a sudden, he turned, uh, quarterback turns around and said, hey, two jet." All go, Jerry Craft, on three. Ready, break. I go to the line. We got a seven-step drop. It's all go, so that means the ball's going to take forever because those receivers got to go down the field. I'm like, oh, man. So we get to the line. Reggie does this. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Hey, 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 Gilbert, come on out here. Talking about the great diff. Gilbert, Gilbert Brown. You, you, come, you come out here and play. Uh, you go play in. I'm going in to play. I'm going to play the three technique. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming here. I'm coming. I'm coming, Creamy. Creamy, I'm coming. And I'm bringing the Lord with me. Bruh, as soon as that ball was snapped, I turned around, put my hands on my hip, and looked like this. Uh, Gilbert did the same thing. He stood up from, from three jet stands and looked like this and looked at the – he watched the play. I watched him pick Jerry Kraft up. And I said he was six foot seven, 380 pounds. Picked him up like this. Walked with him for like three feet. And threw him right into um, uh, Rodney Pete's lap. Mm, threw it mm, in his lap. Mm, Rodney mm. Pete laying on the ground like this. Man, I told your fat ass to stop talking to him. <laughs> hey, now, Jerry, don't you say one more word. Not one more word. You hear me? No. He took. Yes, Mr. White. Yes, Mr. White. <laughs> Didn't say nothing else that whole game, bro. It's on film, man. It's on film. You don't believe me? Watch oh, the my film. God. You can oh. see him. You can see him going like this. You see him doing it, bro. I'm like, man, I can't believe this happened, bro. I couldn't believe it. me and Big Gilbert sat there and watched. We didn't even we didn't even come out our stance. We just sat there and watched the entire play. This is awesome. That's how strong oh, he goodness. was, man. The, I'm telling you, the Reverend was no joke. 
That's like, and that's like my mom's, my mom's favorite player. I like when you talk, when you call Reggie stories. I love the fact you was with a man of God. I love when you talk about, I'm, I'm telling my mom, 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 it was not nice for me. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was not nice for me, mom. I just want you to know. But I love to hear, man, he a child of God. Oh, yeah, he a child of God. Yes, you know. And, but you didn't have to go against him, mom. You know, is he the best you I, I guess silly question he's the best you ever played against reggie white is the best football player to ever put on a jersey and helmet the best no question mm. speed quickness strength technique he just he was he was an unstoppable force if he did not want to get blocked you could not block him mm. i'm talking about nobody i'm talking about anthony munoz i'm talking about everything from, from jackie yeah, slater man. yeah nobody could block him mm. nobody yeah. When Barrett, when Barrett and I did a show together, I, to this day I don't know how it happened, but somebody leaked the video of Barrett getting clubbed by Reggie, yeah. and uh, we yeah. snuck and we snuck it on the show. Um, and I and I hadn't seen it, um, dude. I had I lost it, man. We had to go to commercial <laughs> break, man. I, I lost it, and That's I'm sitting there go, friends like that, right? He, he Reggie White would have thrown me into the next county, man. <laughs> but, but I'm sitting here working. I'm working with a dude, and I see a guy every day who's 6'5", 330-plus pounds. And I'm thinking, how can any human being lift a man off of his feet? <laughs> but we, but I've seen Reggie do it so many times yeah. to, to so many people. But Just different. it was it was funnier when you, it's somebody you know and work with and a friend. And I'm thinking – Man, who, who could lift this dude off his feet like that? And I should have known what was happening because when I got in, when I got into the office, I see everybody in the office, not just one person. Like everybody in the office just crawling around this one desk. And I come over to the desk. And when I come to the desk, everybody scattered like roaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is going on? You know what I'm saying? So D-Gun comes in a little later. He doesn't know what's going on either. So I'm like, oh, what's going on? So they just stayed laughing. I think Amy spearheaded all of it. You know what I'm saying? Every, Amy Fadul. I think she spearheaded all of it too, man. Everybody's hee-hee and ha-ha and then looking at me. I'm like, hey, y'all y'all better not be doing nothing to my dad. Looking at my desk, make sure anything wrong with my desk. Check my chair, make sure nobody did anything to my chair. And then it comes on the show, man. Like, like I say, man, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes the bear gets you. He was an unbelievable player, man. God rest his soul. Yeah, Couldn't have been a nicer person. Why he kicking your tail? He... He 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 yeah. he's thank oh that was a good play there. Yeah, you got all, me that all, time. Oh, yeah. All I remember, all I remember is our producer Mike Mulhern said, "D Gun, we have this video and listen because you know you have IFB in your ear, so you listen to people while shows are going. When I tell you, call up this video, okay? Because we were talking about, <laughs> I think we were talking about some of the best defensive players in the game. Yep, yep. And 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 Mike Mulhern said, "D Gun, when I tell you, okay, call up this video." So I'm like, okay, you know. I see this video, man. I lose it, man. I just flat out <laughs> lose it on the set. Like I've never lost it before, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I'll tell you. Uh, the the we lost him at 43 years old, by the way. Yeah, um, man, sleep mm-hmm. apnea. Yeah, mm-hmm. the craziest season that I don't think it's talked enough about in NFL lore is 87 during the strike. Yeah. The NFL played 12 games. He had 21 sacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Think about that. He was just a wrecking crew. It, it didn't matter. He went so he got. They took him in the supplemental draft out of the USFL. He yep. played. He played thirteen games in '85. He had thirteen sacks. Next year, eighteen. <laughs> Next year, twenty-one in twelve games. Next year, eight. I mean, we, that could go on and on. And think yeah. about this too. That was during an era they didn't rotate people in and out like they no. do nowadays. Oh, he played every down. You oh. played the whole game. You put him anywhere though. He could play nose. He could play. Yes. He could do everything. But guys, 
they didn't even throw the ball as much as they throw now. They right. ran the ball for the most exactly. part. Yeah. They only exactly. passed every once in a while. So he had to opt- <laughs> optimize every time they passed the ball. He had to optimize it right then and there. Yeah. He probably would have had 30 man. sacks that year. That, oh, that, no, that, if he played during this time right now, he would probably have 30 sacks a year. Yeah. The way yeah. – how strong he was, the way – bro, I, and, and if you look at him, man, you just look at him, he looks like a mountain with that smile, man. The smile was mm-hmm. electric, man. You know what I'm saying? Incredible. It, he he did he loved and, and and it just so happened that, that game was being broadcast by um by uh uh um uh what's his name uh John oh, Madden, Madden Madden by yeah. John Madden it just happened to be broadcast by John Madden man you know so and that's what he was talking to me like I became really good friends with John Madden because when they come in it used to be like when they used to come in they would you know interview players and stuff you know so in the vet they had a um that elevator that went up to the top floor because that's where we had our, 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 our lunchroom and everything. So when I get on, it's John Madden and Pat Summerall. So me, it's me, Guy Mac, and uh, Joe, uh, I forget Joe's last name, Joe Panos. Joe Panos, we get on the on the, on the, um, on the elevator, and I just start talking to, to, to John Madden. Next thing you know, we didn't went up like five or six times, and I, I stayed on every time just talking to John Madden the whole time going up and down. Just stayed on talking to him. He was just telling me stories. Uh, so that's how I became close with John, you know. So I used to like the fact he used to give me a little hype. You know, he used to talk about me on this broadcast. Even though I'd be getting my butt kicked, he'd be in my he'd be on my corner, man. He'd be in my corner. Yeah, it's good. Mm. It's good stuff. Mm. Good, good, uh, good stories, Barry. Love that stuff, man. Very <laughs> unique insight. I that. I'm glad you guys find it funny. I wouldn't find it funny. It's it all for our amusement. Hey, look here, man. The way you like to get me. I'm enjoy. I enjoyed this entire segment. I would go on record saying this was one of my favorite segments of all time. Yes, uh, but much to my sure. my, my 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 you know demise. Not yeah. even demise. It's just you just want to heckle me. That's what you did. You know exactly. you know what you were doing. You well, probably yeah. led this in to start off with. Rob led this. I didn't lead it. Don't blame probably, me for this one. You probably told him too, man. That's right. <laughs> I probably told I have my own issues today, Barrett. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, all right, let's. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk some Eagles. Jonathan Gannon chirping, uh, and and what went down yesterday with Nick and Howie and uh, the draft upcoming. Six days away, guys. Six days away. All right, Derek God, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Yes, because knowing to f- how to find that right person is hard. It's challenging, right? You, I went through. Uh, Try to find that right person, and it wasn't the best fit for me for a long time, but I finally found Jim Murray in Principal Financial Group, and I couldn't be any happier. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you need help with your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can assist you with. I know I've entrusted my 401k rollovers, my IRA with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610 610- 996-4751. You could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. up everybody thanks for hanging out with us on this friday we are sports take jacob sports youtube network barrett Derek, rob hanging with you all right so as you guys know last year during the season um i defended jonathan gannon quite a bit i in <laughs> fact i erected the gan wagon and we drove it to to a lot of success we had a lot of fun with it um despite a lot of people's criticism of him and the defense. And, uh, you know, I look at me when you say that I am looking, I am looking at you. (laughs) I fought the good fight quite a bit for him, uh, had his back. And eventually I had to, you know, admit the Super Bowl was not the finest moment for Mr. Gannon's defense in the second half. That's for sure. So as you know, he's taken the job with the Arizona Cardinals as their head coach. Uh, So Mm -hmm. Gannon Speaking in front of the Arizona media, uh, had some very interesting things to say regarding handling of the media. Okay. Uh oh. So here's what he had to say. I'm I'm, I'm going to give you the quote. Um, basically, I, I, let me let me let me um, let me paraphrase this a little bit. That at one point we were nine and zero, which they were never nine and zero. They were eight and one. If you remember, uh, they yep. didn't even get to, Lost to Washington, right? Yeah. So that's, that's incorrect. 
But, uh, you know, basically he claimed that um, when he sat down with the media after going nine and zero, that the media said to him, we want you guys, we want you fired. And he said, you want me fired? We have the best defense in the league. We have the most sacks. You're not aggressive enough, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. None of that stuff ever happened. No media no. member ever no. said that we want you fired. If a media nope. member said that, they would be fired. They would no longer be doing their job if they said that for any, any, whatever, right. you know, business entity they work for, TV, radio, uh, print, they would be gone. That never happened. Now, if he's confusing, you know, social media or callers into sports talk radio, that's one thing, but you got to clarify that. What he was trying to say was, I can handle whatever's thrown my way from the media because that's what I dealt with in Philadelphia. Uh, absolutely false that that's what happened in Philadelphia. And lumping everybody together is false too because I stuck up for you, dude. Okay? Right. I was, I was, I was riding with you. And Barrett was with me too. You're right. Barrett was a was a loyal soldier of the gang wagon as well. I hung on to the back of the wagon. Long right. Yeah. Uh, right. And, and, and look, I thought the part of it that was unfair was uh, you got to be more aggressive. And they, they were still getting to the quarterback. I don't care how you do it as long as you get there, whatever. But like this, now that he's starting this kind of narrative crap, that like it was the media who was calling for him to be fired is BS, dude. It's right. just not true. And, and uh, don't go that route because you're out of town now. You think you can say whatever you want and people yes. aren't going to hold you accountable. It's not how this works. We can still, this isn't the 1930s where something that happened in Arizona is not going to get back to Philadelphia for, for a week, you know, with the printing press or the pony express or something else. We know exactly what you say the moment you say it. No question. Weak. 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 Very weak. It, it just goes to show he didn't deserve or he, he can't handle a market like this. I mean, there's oh, not a lot of guys. Oh, oh. so now I'm enjoying this. Keep talking. I'm enjoying this. Go ahead. Keep talking. No, I mean, no. What he did on the defensive side of the ball meant a lot. You know, saying 77 sacks in one year, having a number two defense in in in, in the NFL, he did a lot here. You know, you can't take that away from whether you're on a game wagon or not. Yep. He still had those guys balling. But there was so much more they could have done if he'd have been more aggressive in his play calling Yes. We probably have the number one defense in this. So I, I get that. But don't 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 go and hide behind the Cardinals because the Cardinals suck and yeah. talk crap. You can't talk smack to us. Now, on top of that, plus you're in a market where the Arizona media is like cotton candy. It's yeah, exactly. Right. You know, compared to Philadelphia. He should you I don't care if you're a head coach, an assistant coach, or a player coming into this city. And, I, and, I've, and, and we've heard players say this time and time again, especially veteran players that come here. Oh, yeah, I know Philadelphia is a tough market. The first thing you learn about Philadelphia is the fan base is passionate, critical. The media is passionate and critical. Right. It's one of the first things you learn. So you have to have thick skin when you come here. Okay? Plain and simple. Absolutely. And, yes, Barrett, he, he racked up incredible stats, but – and I mean, I'm and I'm gonna be honest, and I know it's gonna rub people along a wrong way. Look at how many inferior offensive lines they played last year. They had the most dominant unit in the NFL, man for man, on both sides of the ball. I don't know. But look at the look at the inferior. How many games they played when a starting tackle was out that game? You you can't control that. You can't control I, who you play. Man, you can. But I'm just saying, it all add up. Man, I'm feasted. Are you kidding me? If I'm Hassan Reddick and I'm playing against tackle number two or three. I'm salivating the whole game. But you got to say, look at this. The other teams, the other teams were playing the same guys they were playing. You know, everybody in the division played the same guys. Yes, they so did. So when you when you look at when you look at um the players they played against, I mean, you if you, you say that, 
you got to look at Washington. Washington had the best interior defensive line in the league. Dallas one of the, the worst offensive lines in the league. But, but still, though, B, they still nah. didn't rack up the same number of sacks that you know that that we had. You know, what I'm saying we were just a more complete defense. You had and, better rotation and depth. Yes. So you say, so you saying I, I I'll, I'll give this to you. I'll give this to I'll, I'll give this to and, and everybody in the stream. With what he had, yes, he should have coached better. Okay, and if he'd have coached better, he'd have had a number one defense. Okay. So they won in spite; those players played in spite of what he was coaching in. Is that what you're saying? Um, they won in spite. Okay. They won the individual okay. matchups in spite of what he was calling on the field. And sometimes your players do that. Sometimes your players make you a okay. better coach than okay. you really are. Okay. Uh, yeah. See, I wouldn't go as far as to say they won despite him. I'm, I'm sorry, okay. Derek. But go ahead. No, but look, okay, look at the collection of quarterbacks they played most of the season. Look at the collection of offensive lines they played most of the season. Howie Roseman assembled a machine on defense. When you think about the players he brought in, the players that were held over, look at the rotation he had on the D-line and on the back end. Anytime you lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you don't miss a beat. You lost Avante Maddox, you don't miss a beat. That's depth. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give Howie his credit. Howie, Howie built a team of depth, of interchangeable parts on that defense. And that machine was unstoppable for most, most of the season. Plain and simple. Now, I'm, I'm going to give him that. I don't know. But you guys heard me know. consistently say all season long, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, I didn't like his scheme. Did I not say that all season long? Yep. And yep. he racked up some impressive. And he got the numbers. best corners in the league, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 77 sacks in a season. We may never see that again. No, we will. I don't think we will. In the history of the NFL. You mean no. when a team gets 55, we're sitting there going, wow, 55 I, sacks. My, my, there, my only issue, and I don't mean you, I really don't right. mean you, but like with people in general who, who like there's such a disdain. Yeah. And there's also like this, like it, it's not the Buddy Ryan era anymore. Like, Part of the objective for the Eagles was let's not give up big plays. And they didn't give up a lot of big plays. No, it, they didn't. You know, it worked. So that's why you weren't – and you knew your front was good enough that you didn't have to blitz – like every – blitz, 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 blitz. It was, right, right. Like I get more man, more press coverage, not quite giving up as much ground as they gave up. I totally right. get that. But I just think we went overboard with the it's got you gotta blitz all the time. No, you don't. If you, you blitz if you're desperate, you don't have a team that can get home without the blitz. Yeah, exactly. Like you look at the Cardinals, the Cardinals blitz I, I didn't I didn't what, have sixty percent of the time. Yeah, all the time. They sucked. And they sucked. Yes, yes. And look what happened to them. Yeah. Right, right. I did not have a disdain. And I'm not saying you saying I did. Yeah. I did not have a disdain for Jonathan Gannon. No. But in all the football I've watched, when I've watched how he they would attack. It would drive me nuts. And yeah. it's not that I wanted him to blitz more. Me, For me, it was, why are your corners playing 7 to 10 yards? You got two Pro Bowl corners. Why are you consistently playing 7 to 10 yards off a ball? That's what drove me I nuts. Yeah. If you look at a, def yeah, you look at a defense like Denver's, Denver's corners, they're in your face all game. You look at some, some yeah. of those teams. Look at Kansas look, City. Look, 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 a bunch of rookies. What were they doing, Brooks? Bump and run exactly. all game. Every, the rookies every game playing. Play. They, you know, you. They, they in your face. All right. If we lose, we're going to lose fighting. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And they won yeah, 17 and I, out of 20 games. But all that said, like, I'm done. I'm done. What? I'm done wait, wait. What? I'm what? done. I'm done. The Gan Wagon is shut down. What? It's been sold. I put it on eBay and it's been sold. Hey, and you should put been, it on Facebook Market. You're not getting much for it on eBay. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Facebook Market, where it's going to be repainted, uh, re, you know, re refinished. 
the whole thing. I'm done. I'm out. Like this stuff, this nonsense. I love the everybody want up my fire. No, they didn't. No, they oh, didn't. No, no, somebody they didn't. else. Who was that? The CJ did the same thing. Yes. Oh, we, they never wanted me there. No, right. come on, man. Come on, man. No, we, nobody we wanted said you that. here. But we to be honest, here. but we to be honest, you. how many how many coaches and players think about this through the years? Have we heard once they leave an organization? Take a backdoor shot at their organization once they land somewhere happens else. A lot. Hey, happens so a lot. See, what CJ did, see, what? When you when you left me and left me at the other place, I didn't backstab you. I didn't talk junk about you, man. No, I didn't talk about junk about you either. Oh, okay. Let's just make it sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully like, y'all just left me. Y'all left me. Y'all left line. me stranded threw there. Threw that line out there. No fish bit on that one. <laughs> To try, I thought you guys would go bite on it, man. Kevin, Savard, hey, Kevin Savard is right. I'm bringing charcoal to the game wagon. You're right, That's right? Yeah. Just, like, You're just right. like I did with the gas grill. Yeah, I got a whole bag of kings for sitting there waiting to put the torch that game wagon. I hear, oh, you, my man. Goodness. I hear. Well, all right, yeah. so moving on from that nonsense, uh, <laughs> the uh, the Matt Patricia thing was weird because we were on we were on yesterday when all this was kind of going down, right? So it was he's been hired, it's on the team website, yeah. Then it was gone from the team website and there's some question happening whether or not he's going to get the gig. So at the time of the press conference, Nick Sirianni basically said, yeah, it's, it's trending that way. It wasn't official yet. The whole thing was weird. So we do come to find out that it's official now that he's a senior defensive coach uh, with the team. Now, <clears throat> what was also interesting in the press conference was Nick said that he, in fact, did consult with Darius Slay. Slay was not a fan of his yep. time spent with no. Matt Patricia as the head coach. In fact, it got pretty ugly out the door. That's why he ended up here. They he he let the trade go through because he wanted uh, he wanted him out of there. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad at least I don't think a player players have to be consulted on every little mm. move. Don't get me wrong, but something like this where there was something personal, I'm glad. I think the Eagles handled it right by going to Slay and saying, hey, you cool with this? Like if Absolutely. we make this happen. Respect, Absolutely. man. Respect. Yes, it's respect. Absolute and, respect. And clearly. Slay was good. If he wasn't, this wouldn't have happened. So, right, right. I'm good. If, look, if Slay's good, whatever, I'm fine. If they feel like that, he's going to help. He is an experienced guy. I think on the defensive side of the ball, he's fine. That nonsense Belichick tried with him on the right, on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Like, what are we doing? Um, so I don't, I know people are pretty fired up about it. I, I'm, I'm okay with it if the organization's good and everybody's on board. Well, he, look at what he did. He's done, man. He's, he's won two Super Bowls. As a defensive coordinator, he's won three in all. But we're talking about he had guys like Vince, uh, Vince Wolfer. He had guys, you know, Chandler Jones. He met, he had these guys playing at a, you know, Gerard Mayo at a at all-star level. So, I mean, you know the man can coach. Um, I think he'll help with the transition of being more of a, a diverse front. You know, he'll help with all that, with, with deciding what he wants to do as far as running a 3-4, a, a 4-3 three, four, four, three type of system. You know what I mean? A more mm -hmm. gap presence, get up the field, create havoc type of gap defense, or whether it's going to be a a, um, a two gap defense where they stymie guys at the line of scrimmage and let your outside backers and inside backers do the most of the, of the uh, pass rushing. So I mean, he has he's he's been to the mountaintop several several times, and you know he's a former head coach. You know that experience alone should give him a run here. That's pretty good, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think it's just that they're doing. Um, Bill a favor, you know what I'm saying? Bill right. Belichick a favor by bringing him in. I think it's more so he, they think he, he can help. And, you know, 
I'm I'm anxious to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. You you know the media. That's going to be one of the first topics when the media gets to them in OTAs in May. That's going to be one of the first topics that's going to be asked of both Patricia and Slay. Can you coexist? And they're going to be asked, what was the rift between you two? All that stuff's going to be brought up. That's the media doing their job. That's what they're yep. supposed to. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's going to be a story people cannot wait to read in social media. If they buy newspapers online, whatever the case may be, that's going to be a hot topic whenever the media gets their first session with both of those guys. As no it doubt. should be. Yeah, As no it doubt. should be. Um, all right. So you, you, know, you always try and read between the lines a little bit from what's being said at a press conference and knowing, you know, that Howie and Nick don't want to tip their hand too much to, to what's going to be happening, you know, about the draft. I mean, there was a number of different things. Howie addressed the hurt signing and said, you know, props all over the place to Jalen, to his representation, uh, to our front office, you know, and, and we know too, to, to be able to make it work with the relatively low cap hits, you know, it, it took, you know, two parties to be able to make this happen uh, for sure. So, he was very, very, you know, singing the praises. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, some of the things that Nick Sirianni said about Jalen, he said, look, um, we got to bring in guys to help Jalen uh, do a better job. We're going to add a lot of new wrinkles to this offense. And we didn't pay him to do less with him, you know, and then at the same time said, look, we always take into account. We know he's been hurt the last two years. We got to be careful. We got to be smart about the way we go about things, but I think he was kind of referencing like this notion that we're going to all of a sudden just be handing the ball off all the time. And then, and there's going to be no risk of, of Jalen getting hurt is not the case. We got to, we got to still utilize the guy's strengths. Well, you paid him to use those strengths. You paid him for not just his ability to, to be the leader on his team, but the intangibles we talked about so much that like it was a bad word. His ability to run is a major reason why our offense is so successful. Right. Um, he just so happens to have just as good as an arm and, and, and ability to read defenses also. They paid Jalen Hurts, number one, for his leadership qualities on the team. Number two, his decision-making while on the field. You know what I'm saying? In order to run the system that they run, you got to be good enough to run read options, to run RPOs, to run a drop-back system. You know what I'm saying? He can go out there and throw for over 300 yards by being a drop-back quarterback, but he can also go in there and run 17 times and give you 120 yards uh, from the quarterback position. Oh, and by the way, he could run the read option to perfection where whether you, uh, you're you wrong, either way it goes. You might want to slant that in, and he, and, and he takes it from the running back and takes it around the corner for 15, 20 yards. Or you want to stay wide so Jalen can't hurt you, hand the ball off to the running back up the middle for 10 or 15 yards. His decision-making is what makes him, if not the first or second best quarterback. He is a top-five quarterback, no doubt. That's why he got paid. And his decision-making is why he's a top-five quarterback. Well said. There's no question about it. Yeah. No question about it. They, 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 paid, him, they paid him for his athletic prowess, but people don't understand his, his ability to be a leader in that locker room, yes. his stand-up ability. You can't put a number, be, you can't put a number you on it. You cannot. He is a complete – he is everything that Jeffrey Lurie has pe- preached about what he wants – in his locker room consistently, and it wow. starts with the quarterback. I hadn't thought about yeah. that, Diga. You're absolutely right. Think about it. He yep. is everything that Carson Wentz wasn't. He yep. is a he is the perfect face of your organization. He is a stand-up guy. He takes the onus on himself when things go wrong. He is a 24-year-old lead. Like he is the Pied Piper of that locker room. 
He is everything you want. And the Eagles identified that early. I got to give them credit for that, his leadership abilities. When you're proven veterans and you highly decorated veterans and you automatically gravitate towards a guy who's barely wet behind the ears, that says a lot about his character beyond just his physical attributes. And all of those components is why he got paid. People think it's because of his athletic prowess on the field solely. Absolutely not. It's because of all the other intangibles he brings to the table. He is he is the complete package in terms of what you want to be your face of your organization. That's why right now he's the highest paid player in the game. I don't know. Well said. I don't know. Um, so Tone asked the question, how many rushing attempts are you guys comfortable with with Jalen racking up in a single season? Rather than totals, which is hard to, to really digest, let, let's look at per game. Uh, I, I, as far as rushing attempts per game, I'm about nine-ish, seven to nine. Somewhere around there would be a good number for me, um, which would be you know pretty, I think, a decent amount down from where it was. But well, how about you guys? I'm going to tell you the truth. With the way Jalen plays and the amount of respect that I have for his, his, uh, his position on running the offense, and what I mean by position, he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And I would trust him to make the right decisions. So if it takes him 17 times running the ball, he'll do that. If it takes him five times running the ball and three of them are the QB sneak, I'm good with that. You know, I, I just trust that he will take care of himself. He will make sure that he um, that he does whatever it takes to win. With with him also understanding what he what he means to this team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What he means to this team. So um, I, I can't put a rush in the mouth because, I, I mean, everybody was up in arms when he ran for 19 times one game or 17 times one game. I, I I just I feel as though I can trust him to take care of himself and understands where he goes, this team goes. So I'm just going to trust him on that. I mean, he's going to do whatever it takes. We saw him go out there and run for only three yards in a game and throw for 300 yards. We also saw him rush for 90-something yards and put up 200 yards passing and 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 the running game has over 250 yards total so it's really just his involvement on how he runs this offense in which we have to look to, and, and and understand that we can't really put uh, a number of rushes on what his game is yeah yeah unfortunately because of his game you you, you his game is his game whether you like it or not if if I if I had my choice, but if, if I had my choice, it would handcuff his game. I don't want my franchise quarterback running the ball more than seven, eight times a game. I don't. Because I'm looking at all the athletic quarterbacks. We just heard Josh Allen say, I have to change my game. Josh Allen is starting to feel those hits. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw Jalen miss a couple of games because it was a fluke accident. Dude in Chicago landed on him the wrong way, hurt his shoulder, had to deal with that. I look at Lamar Jackson, what he's gone through the last couple of seasons because of his style of play. Lamar Jackson's style of play is his style of play. I look at what happened to RG3's career because of his style of play. You know, you're going to play your game. Whatever got you to the league and however coaches deem you as a weapon in, in their offense, that's how you have to play the game. But I don't like my quarterbacks. Right? In today's game with these D-linemen, linebackers faster than ever, and they're breaking records every year running the 40-yard dash and all this lateral uh, lateral speed that these guys have now, 
I don't like seeing my quarterback do it, but it's a part of his game, and he's not going to change that. You know what's going to change that game? When he gets closer to 30 and his body's taking X amount of hits. Yeah. That's when you're going to see him change his game. So up until then, he's going to play his game. And every yeah. time he takes off running, I'm thinking, oh, geez. Here we go. Right. Here we go. You know. I hear you. Hey, now, the, the other thing that we're, we were trying to do, you're trying to figure out you know, exactly what's being said. So they were asked, Howie and, and Nick, about the draft and what kind of player you know, you're going to go after. And he said, quote, Howie did, quote, a unique – we want to get a unique player. You want to pick by talent not position. Now, one of the things he also said was we'd be naive to look at this upcoming year, the way that we looked at last year in terms of getting through it as healthy as we did. So you can look at that and say unique player, Bijan Robinson, Mm -hmm. but you can also look at it and say, he just told you they don't believe they're going to get through this year clean like he did last year. So drafting somebody at a position where you already have a player. Right. It really makes sense. You can take it a lot of different ways, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, what he said. Um, I mean, look, go ahead, Brooksy. I'm going to say this. I, I still don't think that they're going to draft a running back. And it's only not because – Not at 10. Not, you know, yeah. they're not going to do it at 10 because the way they run their offense just doesn't – it doesn't make sense for them to invest that much, a first-round pick, a top-10 pick, in an offense that likes to pass the ball first to set up the run. So that means you're going to give a guy four – three, four snaps in the first half, and then you run in the second half. To me, that's just not that's just not what you do when you have an offense that has the weapons on the outside that it does. You know, I mean, say what you want to say. I still think that, you know, the guys that they have right now, the, the <clears throat> Kenneth Gainwells, Kenneth Gainwell can run this offense to perfection right now. You showed Thank him, you. He shows in the Super Bowl. He can Thank do you. exactly what, you know, that kid is doing already. Mm-hmm. Um. He is a phenomenal player, but I don't think he's a generational talent like everybody's building him up to be. If Who, he was that Bijan? generational talent, Bijan, yes. Yeah. If I thought he was that generational talent, then why were they were, you know, why were they the one of the sorriest teams in, in the Big 12? They were one of the sorriest teams in the Big 12 the last three or four years that he's been there. If you're a generational talent, your team is not as sorry as they are. So he is good. He may be a great player when he gets somewhere, but he's not a great player. He's not He's not on the same lines that I saw Zeke. I saw Zeke. I, I did two national championship games, which I was in the truck producing with Zeke. I saw him have over 200-some yards in a national championship game, and he's not even close to what Zeke did. I, 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 I broadcasted games when mm-hmm. I had uh, Saquon Barkley, where he took games over. But I didn't see any 200-yard games. And he's more special than I think uh, this this kid is. Bijan Robinson is. Those two are definitely more special than Bijan Robinson. So I'm not saying that he is a guy that you can look to and say he's a generational talent. I don't know why people want to put him in that type of regard. If you're a generational talent, your team would be a lot better than what they are, what they were here, in Texas. Here's what I like about what what Sirianni said and their approach to the draft. Go back to 2004. They get to the Super Bowl. They were destined to be a Super Bowl team in 2005 decimated by injuries 2017 they win the super bowl 2018 and 19 decimated by injuries what they did this year having all 22 starters available for a super bowl when you think about how many players missed games cj avante and they still came back and it that, that's so true now you got that bullseye even bigger on your back with lesser talent you don't have the same components coming back across the board on defense you have to prepare for what's to come 
that was basically saying that's unheard of to be as healthy as we were at the end of a season. We talked about it before Christmas. I brought up a stat, and I think I mentioned it again shortly after season. You look at a few teams that had to go through 75, 80 different players to get through a season. I think one team went through ni- over 90 players in 2001. I believe it was Jacksonville. <laughs> went over through over 90 players just to get right. through a season. True. Yeah. That's more of the norm than the exception to the rule. Right. The Eagles were an exception to the rule last year. You know, knock on wood. It was phenomenal what they did. But I love what he's saying. We can't bank getting through a whole season like we did last year. We have to prepare for this. So when we look at their draft, if they don't draft who everybody's clamoring for, think about the bigger picture. Jason Kelsey's getting over, older. Lane Johnson getting older. Brandon Graham's older. Fletcher Cox is older. You don't know. Maybe they'll get through and see, but you don't know, but you have to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about what they said most. Yeah. But see, yeah, I mean, I like, I like, you know, everybody's stance on, 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 on Bijan. You know, Bijan is good, man. But I mean, just like you know, Yada just said, forty-seven yards against Bama. When Bama, you're playing against the best athletes in the world. You know, Bama, TCU, pro, you're playing pro, TCU. Man. You know what I'm saying? They're the two like, teams that made him look pedestrian. Right, yeah. right. You know, I mean. Uh, <clears throat> I- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not, I'm not going to downplay how good he is, but I'm not going to put him on the same level if I, that I saw Zeke play and that I saw Saquon Barkley play. I'm not going to put him at that level. You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. guys, they were warranted to be, be top five players that they were right, they were right. top five talent you know what i mean and i'm not saying it'd be a bust for him to get a 10 um i'm not saying it'll be a bust to, to pick him up at eight but he just doesn't fit well no i'm not gonna say that he just wouldn't be the best pick for what they're trying to do this year he's not he's not, he's, he's not that big of a talent right to take this team to another level right it, it feels like to me, if it's Bijan, it'll be them trading back from 10 down to like, I, I don't take a random 18, 19, 15, 16, something like that. If you're like, still there in the early 20s. Right. That, that's what that feels like to me. Or, and I don't think he's lasted to 30. Let me be really clear. No. But for some crazy reason, he lasted to 30. Then then you think about it there. Or or you 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 get up from 30 to 20. Five, I, I don't know, but I don't. I don't think just staying at ten, which is, you know, very unlikely. They could, they're going to move probably, but I don't think sitting at ten, he's their pick. I, no, I think that it could no. be any number of different ways you could go, and it's not like I know everybody <laughs> says you don't need an offensive lineman, you don't need to do well. Yes, you do, because these guys aren't getting any younger, and anybody could get hurt, and they lack depth that they didn't have. They, they had great depth last year. They Absolutely. don't have that now. They don't have it. 
They, they did not get hit by the injury bug. Fact. Nope. It's almost unheard. No, it's not almost unheard of. It's unheard of to only have one guy that was a starter. He wasn't even a starter, though. Would you guys say that um, Derek was a starter? Not really. And if yeah. Barrett, if, if if you intended him to be the starter at the beginning of the year, he wasn't going to be the starter as the season went on. No. Right. So no. he, Derek Barnett was the only guy that was on IR yep. that didn't start the year. For them to have all 22 guys that started the season in the season in the Super Bowl, playing in the Super Bowl, that's right. Is 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 more than an anomaly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. more than an anomaly. That doesn't happen in the NFL. Nope. I don't know how they did that. You know mean, what I mean? I mean, they, they, they sprinkled pixie dust on them or something, you know, whatever it was. But you don't have teams that healthy, not even halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You never have all your guys at the end of the season. But that's never happened. I can almost say it never happened before ever in mm-hmm. football. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Listen, I hear you. And that's uh, that's the reason why. A, their history, and B, I keep going back to the injury thing. Anything could happen. Older players at this point. Lane Johnson was out there playing with a torn abductor. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. stuff happens, but it's a miracle he got through that. You know, what would you have done if he went down? It would have been troublesome, man, mm. you know, to say the least. So, you know, yeah, you, you got lucky last year. Let's face it. That that part of it, you got fortunate. You But you set yourself up to, to succeed. But that's, that's just luck, you know, getting through stuff, uh, you know, unscathed. Um, for sure. Look, I, I think there's a couple other things that you, you look at when you're, when you're talking about this, uh, you know, how much do they like the, the running backs that are, you know, the, the second tier or whatever, uh, that are, you know, later on Gibbs, any of these guys. And I, I think Gibbs is going to be really good, but there's a bunch of those kind of guys. Gibbs would be really good catching out of the backfield. I mean, he's, he's actually a better receiver than, um, than Bijan, if you look at it, but Bijan's got that size, but he didn't have the quickness that, um, that uh, Gibbs out. Gibbs a four three guy. Bijan's a four five guy. Even mm-hmm. though Bijan has breakaway speed, nobody's really hawking from behind. You know, he doesn't have that 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 separation that you know Gibbs will have. Gibbs, you could put Gibbs at the slot receiver. I don't know if you can necessarily. Well, you probably could. You probably could put um, Bijan as a receiver out in the slot. And I think that's what, if they did pick him, that's what that's what they would do, just to get all their weapons on the field. But I just, you know, to me, is it doesn't make sense because how their philosophy is on how they run their offense. Mm-hmm. They pass, get a lead, and then run the rest of the game out. That's that's their MO. Yes. The, the reality of the matter is they may not even be looking at either one of these backs as a viable option because of the way they feel the draft will fall. But there's enough surplus backs there. They'll get somebody who fits the criteria of Nick Sirianni's offense who will fit in just fine because he does not have to be a feature back. There is no such thing as a feature back. Whoever drafts Bijan is looking at him as a feature back. Yep. Eagles don't, they don't draft feature backs in his offense. No, you know, it's not Doug like Peterson they do it. Yeah. Do it. No, nope. Doug Peterson do Chip, Chip Kelly got rid of uh, a shady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. the dumbest move I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. But they, that they was don't the dumbest for, move ever. Yep. And I agree a hundred percent. But they don't look for a feature back. They want a solid role player. Kenneth Gainwell was drafted where he's, because he was a solid role player. And oh, by the way, he fit very nicely in what Sirianni does. You know, uh, Boston Scott is still here because he fits very nicely for the limited role that he has for what they do. Miles Sanders had that breakout year because he wasn't overused. You're playing behind the best offensive line in the game. He wasn't overused. 
You're not gonna. You're not looking for a Derrick Henry. You're not looking for a Jonathan Taylor. Those two, those those players are going somewhere else. Yeah. Those type yep. players, plain yep. and simple. And and it comes down to also dollars and cents. They don't want to allot that kind of money to that position. Nope. That's it. I mean, they just don't. And you know, it, it, I think it would be. It's around four million a year. Uh, is what it, like if you took. Let's just say you took Bijan at like ten. I just don't see them paying that kind of money out to a running back, especially now with Jalen's deal. Heck no, no. And, and there's needs for defensive tackle Fletcher getting older, uh, you know, losing Hargrave. There's needs for defensive end, but part that's going to be gone. There's needs for a right guard. There's needs for a right guard. Yeah. And, and it, even if it's not, even if it is Jurgens this year, you need depth. You, you don't have Andre Dillard to plug in if you need, need be now. So, yeah, I mean, it's, look, you're going to see last year's rookies get right on the field this year. You may or may not see the guys that you draft this year get right on the field. Probably mm-hmm. will, but it's not 100%. But, the, you know, the, the, I, it's, I, what you knew yesterday was they weren't going to tip their hand too much. It's just not, nope. you're playing poker now. And no, it just doesn't make sense do. to be able to do that. Uh, one of the best coaches I had in my life, he told me, and, he, and, and when he told me it, it irritated me because at the time I didn't want to hear it. You know, but I was a rookie and I was I was going into week 13. Oh, no, it was week 13. And I had broke my thumb and I'd started every single snap of that year. All four preseason games, all the regular season, all 13 games. I played every single snap and I hit that rookie wall. I mean, I was knocking that rookie wall over. And coach came to me and said, you don't know what you don't know and walked away from me. I wanted to whoop his. Oh, and I started chasing him in practice. I'd already, I'm already pissed off because my thumb is broke. And I started chasing him in practice. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm break your neck. You know what I'm saying? They got me. Ray Roach sent me in. Get get in. Go, go, go to the locker room. So I went to the locker room. I just knew I was cut, man. So I went in and started packing my stuff up. So all the veterans, we only had like 30 minutes of practice left. All the veterans, you know, came in. They started walking. Over, ooh, ooh, you <laughs> out of here now. Ooh, ooh, you getting cut. Ooh. I'm like sitting there. I'm sitting in my locker, I'm packing my stuff up. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to cry. You know what I'm saying? A grown man ready to cry. And I'm sitting there, and uh, they go to meetings, and I'm sitting in the locker by myself, and Ray Rose comes in there. What are you doing here? I said, what do you mean? You just cut me. No, I ain't cut you, boy. I told you to go in get your head back. Get on back in there. Well, well, uh, uh, Callahan told me, you don't know what you don't know. He said, fool, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> I'm, thinking what I, I'm like – Damn, all right, yeah, okay. So I went to the meeting, you know what I'm saying? And later on that night, you know, he said, uh, he said, man, after so you know, head coach told me after practice, um, you know, after you finish with meetings and everything, I want you to come to my office. Bro, I sat in there with with uh Coach Rose, Ray Rhodes. We sat there till like eleven o'clock at night, drinking moonshine, telling stories. He some of the stories he told me were unbelievable, you know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, I'm waking up at six o'clock, I'm sleeping on his couch. Sit in, in his um, office. He left me in there. So I was so drunk. Left me in there on the couch, sleep. I woke up, got up because he came in the office. Get, 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 get your ass up. Get and sweat that stuff out there. Sweat that stuff out. I don't want you having no bad practice either. Take that little thumb, that little pinky ring, whatever you have going on. And, and, and I'm like, all right, coach. All right. And that was it. But you don't know what you that's don't awesome. know. That is awesome. Um, yeah, it's that's uh that's pretty wild, man. It's pretty interesting, uh interesting insights there from uh, from Ray Bob. We got a lot of Ray Bob stories today. This yeah, is good. Ray Bob was that dude. Man. Hey, hey, Barry. The worst thing the media hated about Ray Rhodes was, you know how dark he was. Mm-hmm. 
And they always tell you, don't wear white when you sit in front of the media because it, it drowns out. He would deliberately wear white hat, white shirt every chance he got. <laughs> he didn't give a you-know-what about what the media needed. He could care less about what the media needed. He would do this all the time. Man, you talking about messing up color balances on cameras? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it would drive us Ray nuts, Bob. man. Ray Bob, man. Ray yeah, Bob. Was he was different. Dude, he was different. He was sure. always across the street. He stayed oh, yeah. across the street at the turf. Uh, was it Surf and Turf or Turf Club? Uh, he the Turf Club. The turf it, it was, club. Yeah. yeah, with it. He loved the Turf Club. <laughs> I used to see it. So I would, I, our offices were at the Wells Fargo Center. So uh, when we worked the Comcast Sports Center, NBC Sports Philadelphia, Barrett's are still there. So I would Fridays, if it was a big horse race like the Kentucky Derby or whatever, I'd pop out on my lunch break. And I may have placed a wager or two over at the turf club. Occasionally. You may have. Okay. Back in the day. Sometimes. So, yeah. So back you back that. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. I would go over there and I would see Ray there. You like religiously, man. And everybody left him alone. Yep. He, he was over there a lot, it, but it was just funny to see him in there. Like, can you imagine walking in there and, Bill Belichick's in your local, you know, off track betting place. Like it's, it's unheard of, but it was, it was what made great Ray great. But anyway, um, all right, let's come back guys. We will continue with the, uh, the Eagles discussion. We'll get a little bit into the Phillies and Sixers revisit that Sixers and uh, a bunch of stuff going on uh, NFL wise uh, for sure. Some crazy stuff, which we will get into. And we will also rank our, uh, our AFC coaches. Uh, we will get into, we'll, we'll rank them one to 10. So I'm ready. All, those things. I'm ready. all right, Derek's ready. Do that. When we come back. Don't go anywhere. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, sports take Jacob Swartz, YouTube network. Let's talk pro action restoration. Yes. Pro action restoration are the folks that you reach out to. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property and you unfortunately have to deal with fire or smoke or mold damage to that area. Um, Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. That means if you call them on a Saturday, that means if you call them on a holiday, that means if you call them at night, they will get out there and they will assist you. Pro Action Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured. And here's the thing. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, which means they are good at what they do. This is not a fly-by-night business. They have been around a long time for good reason. Again, it could be water, it could be fire, it could be smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say. 
We got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Back, yes, we are. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We got you till till three. Uh, talking a lot about the Eagles last couple of segments. Sixers right out of the shoot as they won a crazy one last night over the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. They're up 3 0. We'll get into some of the other playoff matchups a little bit later. We have some teams overcoming injuries to get some uh, some wins for sure in the NBA and a couple couple injuries that could impact things going forward and may knock their teams out, including Kawhi Leonard. So we'll talk about all that in a little bit. NFL coming up. Antonio Brown back in the uh, the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, we'll talk some Cowboys. Uh, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. But did want to mention the Phillies here real quick, guys, before we get to the NFL stuff. They lost 5 nothing to the Rockies last night, and I get a lot of people might have been distracted by the Sixers game and not really watching it. But it was uh, – you know, you can make a case it's right there with, if, if not their worst loss, because they got, who was the one, 13 nothing or whatever. It might be second. It's pretty close. Uh, Colorado sucks. And they lost last night. They were very listless. <laughs> right, right. Five nothing. Colorado had dropped the previous eight straight games. Uh, and the guy yes. who was pitching for Colorado had a 6-3-1 ERA. This was not exactly like they were dealing with Pedro Martinez. Um and they could do nothing. One for seven runners in scoring position, 11 left on base, six yep. measly hits. like, And 11 strikeouts. You know, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt when it looks like they're turning the corner a little bit, and then they do this again, and it's hard to have any kind of faith in them. This Colorado team had won five games prior to coming here. You're back home. You're back home. You have the worst team in the National League in your backyard. You've been smacking the ball left and right. What do you have? Eight, nine hits a game. This should have been like a softball game for the Phillies. Yep. It really should have. 
Yeah. And you come back home, and, and I understand you can't win them all. It's baseball. It does have. But now when you come, you, you come off the road trip you just came off of, this is the perfect – this is what you call a get-right game. You know, the first game out of the gate. You got the worst team, one of the worst pitching staffs in the National League, and you go out there and you make them look like they're the Mets, the Braves, and the Dodgers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I it's, can't tell, man. I can't tell, You can't man. tell. It's just, it, I don't know what this team is. And we you can't pin it on who's not there because you just played a Cincinnati team. You split a four-game series with them, but you you have much better personnel than they do. Their pitching staff's not dominant. Right. You just you just play you just play first game against the Colorado team and think has second or third worst record in the majors. You get shot out at home by them. <laughs> Duck said Philly's a bipolar. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, I mean, it, guys, they've been shut out. Uh, let me give you an example of why Duck's not wrong. They've been shut out three times in the last six games. Oh my goodness! Now that's ridiculous, man. They they yeah, lead the ridiculous. league in hits. You know, I, it, it's craziness. You know, they it's either they put five, seven, eight runs up, or they don't score at all. I, oh my goodness! I can't figure it out. I mean, I can't figure this team out, honestly. And Strom wasn't bad. Strom got you into the sixth. Yes, he gave he up did. three runs and three hits. This is your number five starter. He struck out 11. He's fine. Made one mistake. He gave up, a, uh, I think it was a two-runner, three-run run. home run. And that's yeah. it. He, he was fine other than that. You know, you wasted a decent outing out of, out of a bottom-of-the-rotation guy. Again. You know, and now it, it's it, Nola tonight who who has been disappointing. Exactly. It. The thing is, we, we we gave the bullpen a lot of credit for being locked down in the games they won. And the same guys who look really good turn around and, and are, are part of the problem against Colorado. You know, Bellotti came in the game. He, I mean, he only gave up two hits on 33 pitches, but he gave up a, a, an earned run. You know, give, I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. against this lineup? Are you serious? I mean, come on, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know who this team is. I don't know what this team is right now, to be honest with you. I don't. Yeah. I- if you look at it standings wise, Colorado right now, and we, we talked about this actually before the game yesterday, but they're six and fourteen with last night's win. You know, and that's there's only two other teams who have less wins. Oakland, who's three and sixteen, oh, who's maybe the yeah. worst team in the history of baseball. I mean, they're gonna be the that Las bad. Vegas, the Las Vegas A's. Soon to be Las Vegas <laughs> and Kansas City Royals, you know, who stink too. But that that's it. That's who you lost to last night. So it's um they got to get their act together. I, you know, we're we're saying it all the time, but they got to get their act together. Couple what, good. What things. is it though, man? What 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 is it? Because I mean, they've shown the the capacity to go out there and play small ball, and you know, you I mean they're not you know they're not hitting out the ball out the park. So I would think, you know, with the additions that we have now, that we can at least score, even though our pitching is lackluster. We can at least score. It should be that should be what what this team is built around scoring, and we we can't even do that. I know, I, I, Barrett. I don't, I can't put my finger on it. I just think it's collectively guys are pressing a little bit when men getting runners getting scoring position or guys get on base. They're pressing a little bit. You know, Real Muto's come up in a, in a lot of big spots and he and he hasn't hit in those situations. Uh, Bohm had a, had an instance last night. You know, it, it's not good enough. He's still overusing Bellotti, who came in and gave up you know uh, one or two runs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think one thing. One thing about Thompson, like this team feels like they're in need uh, of of a little bit of a butt kicking. And I, you know, Rob Thompson is so laid back that I just wonder if it's just not in his personality to get into these guys a little bit. And I don't, we don't know ultimately what's going on, but right. 
I think they, I think Schwarber's a guy who probably needs to start leaning on some people because he is that guy. He, he, he fancies himself a leader, and he is. He's a good leader. Not having Hoskins there because he's one of the dudes who would do this. And you tell me, Barrett, from a player's perspective, Harper being hurt, is it a tough spot for him to get into to some guys because he's not out there playing? It's hard. It's hard to be a leader from 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 the tub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard to be a leader when you're not out there with them playing. You know, day after day. Um, even though he's well respected, you know, he probably feels as though, all right, how can I say something? I'm injured. I'm not. You know, and he's 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 not one to really talk, anyways. He's an example type of leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to run the bases out. He's going to do those type of things, you know. Um, and that's the little things I see creeping into their game. The little things as far as them, like you said, pushing. Uh, you know, you got a guy score, but just, just lay it up, man. Just lay it up. Everything ain't got to be out of park. You ain't got to bat everybody in by hitting a home run. Continue to play small ball. And I don't see him doing that, man. You know, it, it's hard for a guy that's – even a guy, you know, right now that – is not a full-time starter to make himself known, to say something to, 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 you know, to a guy like, you know, you know, bomb or something, you know, yeah. you can't say anything yeah. to him because you know, you're, you're, you're not even, you're not, you're in a tub right now. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're hurt. So it's hard to get that message out. And you really don't want to get that message out when you're hurt. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. I think that that's a, that's a major issue, you know, with this team right now. Uh, so if there's some positives, Harper started throwing from 50 feet or 60 feet. Uh, so that's in hopes that he can get back and play some first base. The way they're going to approach this is May 1st, they go out to LA to play the Dodgers. His doctor's out there, Neil uh, Atatre. I always butcher the pronunciation, uh, but he goes out there and he's going to be re-examined by him. If the doctor signs off on it, I thought this was interesting. Rob Thompson said he's not going to play any minor league games in terms of the rehab. They're just going to, mm. he's just going to, if he's cleared, he's playing in the majors. Mm. So I, they've, they've ramped up the, the BP. He's going against lefties. Like he, he, he hit against Suarez the other day. He hit against one of their minor leaguers. Who's a lefty. Uh, they're really ramping up his hitting. There's not a lot of restrictions with his hitting right now. They still have to get the full sign off on him throwing and full sign off mm. on him sliding. And they're trying to teach him. He was generally mostly a head first slider, not always. Yep. But they're trying yep. to get him to just be feet first here. And it's not like you you can't hurt, you can still hurt yourself, but there's less of a risk sliding Absolutely. feet first. That's what they're hoping. The, the, the next six games they have are right here in the backyard against two opponents that they should feast on, both Colorado and Seattle. Yeah. You have to feast on them, but I don't know where we're going to get from this team because after that, they go three to Houston, three to the Dodgers. And then three to Boston. Oh, by the way, Boston, even though they're the bottom at the bottom of the AL East, they have the third most runs in the American League, 111. The Dodgers are a 500 team. The Dodgers have the most runs scored in the National League. If you can't beat up on these teams before you prepare for what's to come, we know what Houston is. Houston's exactly what we th- we know they are. And you got to go down to their place for three as well. Yeah. What's this road trip going to look like for you? Because you got to go southwest. Now, this is a tough road trip. You go southwest, west coast, and then you come back home to face Boston for three. That's a tough six-game road trip. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. You're, you're going southwest, right. west coast, back east. That's tough. Yeah, you're not lying. But you yeah. but you got to you gotta be ready. You got to be on point. Now, maybe they play better against better competition, but you can't keep playing down to the, to the Cincinnati's and the Colorado's and the Seattle's, man. 
This well, this six game should put you over five hundred when they're all said and done. Yeah, we were talking about take five of six and get yourself yes. over five hundred, and this yes. is how you start. Well, you may have hit it on the head right there, D Gun, playing down to your opponent. So that means they'll play up to their opponent and beat the teams they shouldn't beat. That's hoping that's the scenario, you know. But I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like I, I keep thinking about what you said. Um, baseball is the only sport that. When you think when you think about you know the percentages, seven out of ten you fail. You're you're a you're a forty million dollar guy, right? You know, so that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm trying to give up that type of mindset because you do those type of statistics in football, you know, you're out of there. Mm-hmm. But you're right, man. You're right, man. You you can't get my my expectations are my expectation when you're paying that much money for a lineup. That going that I want some production out of that lineup. Amen. I'd be pulling my hair off. If I was Milton. I'd be down there cussing. You wouldn't have to worry about uh, Thompson saying anything. I'd be down <laughs> you'd, there. You'd cussing. be doing it, <laughs> right? Yeah, I got oh, you. Oh man! Got you. All right, let's uh, let's turn our sights to the NFL when we come back, guys. Bunch of stuff to get into, that's for sure, including AFC coaching rankings. We will do all that when we return. That's Barrett. That's Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, you got storm, hurricane season. They can hit when it's the summertime. We're getting pretty good weather right now. It's a good time to get your trees evaluated. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate it. We're Sports Fake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, so uh, we, we mentioned earlier the, the real big story of the NFL um, is five players total, four Lions, and a Washington uh, commander's defensive end, Shaka Tony, who people may be familiar with. He's a uh, Penn Stater, had been suspended for uh, violating the league's gambling policy. Now, Jamison Williams only received six games because uh, he did not bet on the NFL, but he, he, the issue with him was he bet from the facility, the Lions facility. The other guys are suspended indefinitely, and that includes Quintez Cephas, who's a safety, a wide receiver from the Lions, a safety C.J. Moore, um, Shaka Tony from Washington, and as I mentioned, Williams and Stanley Berryhill are suspended for six games for mobile betting that occurred at the Lions Allen Park facility. Dumb. They did not bet on NFL games. So there, there you go. So we, it's clear the others bet on the NFL and they're in the Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, category. Ridley had to reapply. He missed an entire season last year. He is back this year. He's with Jacksonville as opposed to Atlanta. Uh, but those guys get suspended. So that's the, uh, you know, the big story uh, of the day. That, that's going to affect how Detroit now approaches the draft also. Um, yeah. Because now they've got to replenish the cover. Whether these guys are starters or role players, now you've got to replenish the cover, you know, in a yep. lot of ways. And that changes their, their board. Maybe not so much in the first round, but in the latter rounds. De- in middle of the latter rounds definitely changes the board in terms of what they're looking for in terms of depth. The sad part about this is this story is, is is a big story as the Calvin Ridley story was, but you know somewhere down the road, whether it's next year or the year after, it's going to happen again. Somebody else is going to get caught doing the same thing. These dudes never learn their lessons, man. They don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, and you know, some of these guys are borderline NFLers who may never play again. Exactly. exactly. You know, like Calvin Ridley's going to get another chance. Jamison Williams is, is going to be fine, but some of these other dudes, might it might be it. That's a tough way to go out, um, you know, for them. So, uh, all right, beyond How do you that, do that, though, man, I, I, I just don't understand it, man. If the league, they have meetings about that. They have meetings about it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you get caught up when you got meetings about it? I, I don't know. I don't know how you don't you, you, either. You're not paying attention when when the you Barrett, you know, how it works like people will come in and talk to you about it. Yep. They come in, the they, get, they, they have a meeting. And they bring in officials. They bring in all type of people to come in and talk to these guys every single year. And 
you still get guys that do stupid stuff like that, man. It, it just, just doesn't make sense to me, bro. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Very, very, very strange. Very strange. Um, all right. So a couple other things here, NFL wise, uh, the Antonio Brown saga continues. Uh, there are, there's arrest warrants out for him for not paying child support. Who's uh, this? Antonio. Brown. No surprise. Really. It's been chaos for what, what are we talking about? Four or five years now for him. Just, just pure chaos. Um, so we'll see what happens there. With him. So there's, re- there's warrants for his arrest. For not paying child support, um, he uh, he claims he owns this team and he doesn't own it all the way. He owns a portion of it, but he doesn't own it all the way. And he's trying to make head about headway about that also too, right? Uh, what yeah. is wrong with him, man? I don't know. It's, he can still be playing right now. There are many that there are many that are saying that the dude needs uh, mental evaluation in a lot. Oh, there's of no way. question about that. Yeah, there's he's no made question. over seventy-seven million dollars in his career. Now, even yeah. after taxes, agent fees, whatever the case may be, that's still well over $40 million he's earned. Why are you not paying child support, number one? Number two, the money he could have still, you're right, Barrett, the money he still could be making even right now. Yeah. If everybody deemed him well, you know how many teams be lining up to get an Antonio Brown on their roster right now? Right now. But right because now. of his antics? Right now. Right now. Because of his antics, nobody's going to touch him. They don't want that in their locker rooms. He's basically he cut his own NFL throat. Yep. He can still be placed. He still would be one of the fastest receivers in the game, one of the most dangerous threats in the game, and he's cut his career, basically, because he can't stop talking and because of all these other antics. Yeah. Yeah. I can't oh, believe it, man. Christine makes a great point. You know, he, this guy's – you worked his tail off his whole life, and, now, and this is the way it's going out. It, it's crazy. Um but who knows? Who knows what's going on inside of his head uh, at this point? But the guy's clearly, clearly in, in need of help in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not excusing him, but like you, you got to pay your child support. Like, but this is a this guy's a mess. Um, so there's that. Um, you know what? It's just you know you see guys like that who who um, get in trouble like that, and then I think, man, the, the guys that you know just stood up for their beliefs and got blackballed, you know, and they gave this guy time at the time, chance at the chance, and he was a knucklehead. But then you look at uh, Mahmoud abdul Rauf. Yep. He, you know, he got blackballed for his faith. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just because he he, he wanted to pray, you know. During the they, national anthem. It, it, to me, that's that's absolutely ridiculous, man. Life isn't fair, man. Life isn't fair that you have that much talent and you're wasting it. When you have guys that have a lick of talent that will give their right arm to for even a little bit of the life that this guy's had, yep. you know what I'm saying? Well, look at so- how many look at how many backup quarterbacks in the NFL have no business being in the NFL. Bro, There's a whole crazy. litany of backup quarterbacks that should not even be playing, should not be allowed to put on a pro jersey, but they are. Yep, that's See, ridiculous, man. You know, you know, I, Colin I Kaepernick it. got blacklisted out of the league. Yep, yep, yep. And on top of that, what makes that I'm sorry, what makes that even worse is your NFL commissioner came out and said maybe when it, when the George Floyd incident happened, your NFL commissioner came out and said maybe we should have listened to Colin. Yep. Right. Really? You admit that years after the fact, and yet still no team would bring him back. And at that time, he was still better than half, more than half the, the quarterbacks on the NFL roster, but nobody would touch him. 
Why? Because of his beliefs? Yeah. Great question, Gunner. Um, it's yeah, you're right. It, it, and you, you just scratch your head sometimes at, at some of the things that go on. You just do. It's life, I guess. That's life uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting. The um, th- this one, you know, I don't know what to make of it. Odell Beckham Jr. There's a there's a he suspected in an alleged assault in L.A. Uh, Odell and his agent deny it. Uh, we'll see. It, like, sometimes this stuff comes out and it turns out to be nothing. So I'm, I'm always hesitant to rush to judgment. I'm just letting you know that that's, uh, that's another one that's out there uh, right now. So uh, the good, the good news continues in the NFL. <laughs> it's like suspensions and child support. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, you know, and child support is serious because I, bro, we were playing in, uh we were playing in Kansas city. We went to Kansas City, and I can remember it was like my it's like my seventh or eighth year in the league. I forget team, what team I was on, but we're going to play in Kansas City. And as soon as we land, we're getting off the plane, and one of the I'm not gonna say the player's name. The police pick him up because he has a kid in Kansas City. Take him off the plane, take him to jail because he had paid child support, and they locked him up for the weekend. Oh my God, he missed the game. He missed the game. We flew in on Saturday. Damn. He got off the plane. They locked him up. He didn't get back to work until Tuesday, and they cut him that Tuesday. Whoa. Yeah. Oof. He was a starter, too. Damn. A starter. And they cut him. Huh. They cut him on Tuesday. He owed, like, like SRS. I mean, S- what's it called? it's called SRS. Now, like, you're getting arrested. It's a, you got to owe a ton, right? I would assume you're way. Bro, I think, it was, I think it was only, like, $12,000. I think he was out. He was down like three payments. He didn't, he didn't miss three payments. They don't play in Kansas City, man. Kansas. Damn. Damn. Can you believe that? That's crazy, Oof. man. It lost his football career, dog. Wow. Over that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot to lose for that. Um, yeah, man. Pay your child support. That's all that's I'm it. saying. Pay There's a the lesson. Support. There's a lesson, kids. <laughs> all right. Um, Dallas has uh, picked up the option on CD Lamb, and they're they're hoping to negotiate a long term deal. As they should. Right out of the uh, – yeah, that's yep. the no-kidding category uh, with him there. You know, they're going to be interesting. Obviously, they have him, and they added Brandon Cooks. And there are some – we've talked about it. I think they're going to – Jerry's going to do everything he can to move hell or – you know, in hell or high water, he's going to go after Bijan Robinson. Yep. That'll be, that'll be, your, that'll be your kryptonite, uh, D-Gun. Yeah. I, What's yeah, that? They go get Bijan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. I would not be surprised one bit. That, that feels very it. Jerry-ish, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You know, he could in his own backyard, some kid in his own backyard who, you know, yep. it, the great storyline. Yes. 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 And how many and how many Super Bowl appearances did they get to with Zeke when they drafted him as high as he did? You know mm. your lesson? Don't how many, how many, okay. How many, it, plain and simple. You know, when was the last time a dominant run running back was featured in a Super Bowl? In a long time. That's the argument I always make with people. You know, right. and the, Dallas has got to get up from 26, too. That's not going to be easy. No, it's not. And I don't know what kind of draft capital they have. I haven't looked at the draft overall. But if somehow, some way, Jerry can move move heaven and earth to make that happen, that that's what him and his, his son, Stephen, would do. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah. We can get the kid from Texas to stay right here in our own backyard. You know that's coming. <laughs> I'm telling coming. you. Yep. I'm, I'm telling. I can, I can just see it coming. 
so speaking of that, just real quick with the Eagles. So they have um, they're going to have twelve picks in the twenty four draft. Yep, with, with mm. all the compensatory picks. So I, it wouldn't surprise me. I think if they're going to be aggressive, yes, they'll use thirty to be aggressive, but they'll also because they have so few picks this year they're going to be looking to trade 2012, uh, 2024, excuse me, draft picks. You know, if they make any kind of moves, I think it'll be 2024. Well, you can't trade compensatory picks now because you don't know exactly where you right. have them. Right. You won't know that, but you're, you're right. Um, they're going to have a minimum, what, four, at very minimum, four compensatory picks Yes. next year. So yes. they, if they have eight picks now, they have enough picks next year to, to finagle and move around if they if they deem that they need something now right away. I can see how he's doing that. You know, how he's a master at, at, at pulling the cloak and dagger when he's negotiating with other teams. You look at how they got CJ. You look at some of the other moves they've made. Um, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he tried to package some of those picks to move up and move down in this draft to get to a better position in terms of what he wants to do. So right. I, I'm waiting for it. Our, our, our draft show that night, Rob, is going oh, to be sitting on our, gonna be sitting on our hands waiting to see what this dude does. We're going to be ready to pick at 10. The Eagles have moved down to 15. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, waiting to pick at 30. The Eagles have dropped out in the first round. Oh, don't oh, even don't goodness. even say it, Derek. Don't even say oh. it. Derek. It could happen. Yeah. I look for for selfish purposes. I'm excited. At least right now, they're sitting there at ten, where we're not going to be waiting forever. At least, hopefully. Here, here's 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 what I'm planning to do, just for you, Rob Ellis, because of this un, unpredictability of what the Eagles may do. I, it's my mission. I'm going to slip you as many shrimp as I can, <laughs> so you have something right in front of you to eat at commercial break. Wait, you're not a big shrimp guy, are you? No, but get me get, give me those little sliders, man. I'll, I'll sliders pound those and the chicken, and the chicken tenders. They were strong too, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff, man. I we'll be, you, sorry, Barrett. Sorry, Barrett. You, you know what? You 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 get a lot of food that's pre-prepared for you, especially chicken tenders. And you, and you when by the time you get them, they're dry because they've been sitting on the heat lamp so long. Man, these things were nice and juicy. Oh, they were popping, man. Yes. Very, very, they were big and <laughs> juicy. <laughs> Bro, you know what and I the, mean? And the fries too. The we fries, fries were fries were nice. We don't get anything, bro. In fact, I keep a I keep some oodles of noodles, those cups in my in my desk. Just praying that the, the mice don't come in and eat them. <laughs> and that's what I'll be eating the draft show. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. You got to keep you focused. Your we stomach nothing, rumble will keep you focused. Yeah. You nothing, won't get tired bro. and sleepy. And then, you know, that's a long night because we got 32. I mean, oh, 30, yeah. that's a long way a long away, one. bro. Yeah, we're in it for yeah, the long man. haul, man. That's it. Like, we got, if we were just at 10 and that was it. We'd be good. We can log off air, but man, thirty—that's yeah, that's the whole night. That oh, means yeah. that's that's at least eleven. Oh yeah, we're, we're playing a full game, man. We're we're, yeah. we're playing a full sixty. Yeah, except it's gonna be like a four full. It's gonna be. That, I, I I think we're probably going to like midnight, somewhere around there. I would guess. I don't say that, dude. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Uh, um, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yes. Gear up, Gunner. No Benadryl for you that night, man. We, we no, can't heck, have any no. of that stuff. Hey, we're going to get you some five-hour energy. Exactly. Uh, no, as long as I don't test Benadryl, I'm fine. It's that <laughs> um, two-hour two drive I got to make home afterwards. is going to be interesting. Oh, you're not staying tonight? I thought you moved yeah. to stay over that night and then drive home the next morning. when it's. I was thinking about staying over Wednesday night because we do the show, our sports take show from there, like we did last year. Yeah. From, from Top Golf, do the sports take show from there. 
have a few hours, go to your room, our nice, our nice suites there oh, that we nice. can retire to yes. and get rid of Ocean Casino Resort. Oh, yeah. When well, you look the over the entire Atlantic City. Beautiful, man. You know. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, man. You can come down if you want after you're yeah, done. Come on, hang with us, B. Yeah. I'm going to come down, man, because we're not getting done until like That's going to be late. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, let's dig into the AFC coaches' rankings. Now, here's what here's where I struggled with this. The tough part in doing this is comparing present day to past. In other words, Andy Reid, obviously. Uh, Zach Taylor has had a lot of success with the Bengals. You're pitting them against Belichick, against Mike Tomlin, against John Harbaugh, guys who have won it before have had success in the past before sort of the newcomers to the AFC, like Doug Peterson, you know, those kind of guys, Sean Payton's now in the AFC. So how do you, how do you balance that? And that that's kind of what I tried to do. I tried to do a, a, a stew, I guess, if you will, of, of present day and past while respecting the past. I took all those things into consideration when I said, when I sat here, exactly what you said, I said, okay, I'm weighing the past and the present. But then I had to look at the overall body of work of them as a coach, and it made my decisions a lot easier, except for number 10. Number 10 was the toughest for me because I have two guys sitting at number 10, and when I do my list, I then will make my decision <clears throat> based on a feel. So it's hard, it's tough for me. It's, it's hard, even as I look at it, man. Um, all right, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start it off. Go ahead, Drum roll. Number 10. I actually, man, I want to – we should have done 12, for real, for real. <laughs> but, hey, but I'm going to go to number 10. Number 10, I'm going to go Sean Payton. He's not the new kid on the block, but he's the new kid on the block. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He doesn't really know his team. Number nine, John Harbaugh, because he doesn't know what he's going to have at the quarterback position. Yep. And the reason he's on that list is because – because he had made the playoffs the last two years – and the reason he's on this list because of what he'd done in the past. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Mike McDaniels. He didn't know who his quarterback's going to be. I don't know what they're doing down in Miami. And, hell, they might have Tom Brady as their quarterback next uh, within the next couple of months. Never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, Mike Tomlin. He's building his way back up. Last mm-hmm. year he wouldn't even made the list. He's built his way back up. He's finally got his quarterback. He's got a pretty good running back, Najee Harris. Defense is getting back going. Uh, number six. I got them all jumbled around. Number six. Where did I put number six? Yeah, oh, Bill Belichick. That's why, because I had – he was my outlier over in the corner. Number six, Bill Belichick. Just because he's Bill. He ain't did nothing in a while, but still, it's Bill. You got to respect him. He couldn't go to war lower than seven, though. <laughs> Number five, Robert Sala, because he's keeping the receipts. I'm just going to see if he's going to cash him in this year when he gets A-Rod. <clears throat> Number four, Dougie P. Mm-hmm. Dougie P going to compete, man. Number three, Sean McDermott. He's got the quarterback. He's got the defense. He's been out of this the championship game the past three years. <clears throat> you know, man, he hasn't, he, he hasn't you know, made it past that, so – I'm still going to put him at number three. Number two, Zach Taylor. 
his team, you know, if they start off slow, but they always fight their way into contention and make it to that deal, that championship game. And number one, you got to go big red. Got to be big red. All right. That's good. That's good. I like your list, actually. Um, you want to uh, you want to hit it next, Gunny? Want me to go? Sure, I'll go. Right. Yeah, I'll go. For, um, my number ten, as I said, was the toughest. My, I was torn between Mike McDaniel and Kevin Stefanski, and here's why: both of them took their teams to a playoff appearance in their first year. Uh, Stefanski has been downhill the next two since then, but he took that team and they won a playoff game for the first time in 15 years. That's coaching. Now, the team was loaded, but that's coaching. To take a team that has been basically in the Mojave Desert for over a decade and take them to the playoffs in the first year, Mike McDaniel's team was loaded, yep. and, and they went to the playoffs. So I give it I give it to Mike McDaniel at number 10 because his upside is bigger. Even though there's a question mark at the quarterback position, you look at the talent they have on that roster, his upside is bigger than Stefanski right now. My number nine was Salah. Salah did a great job with that team with, without a, a legitimate quarterback. And I want to see what he can do with Aaron Rodgers before I rank him any higher. Number eight was Belichick. Belichick will always be on my list uh, because he has been a great teacher of men for years to come. And when you think about some of the characters he's had on that team and still managed to do what they did with that organization, I cannot leave him off my list. Number seven is Dougie P. What he did in his first year turning around Trevor Lawrence and that team um, was it phenomenal? Number six, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott's record in Buffalo is 62 and 35, 639 winning percentage. He can't get past the divisional round to save his life. He can't, he can't. You had a team that should have made the Super Bowl and you failed on both occasions. Yep. You didn't do it. Number five, Sean Payton, just based on his pe- coaching pedigree alone, and he walks into a gold mine of talent on both sides of the football. There's no way that Sean, Mc- uh, Sean Payton team will not win more games than what they won in 2022. Highly respected coach. He handpicked where he wanted to go for a reason. I expect them to be a winning team this year. I don't know if they'll win a division, obviously, because of the team ahead of them, but I expect him to turn that team around. My number four is is Harbaugh. You know, Harbaugh didn't make the playoffs, but Harbaugh, dudes play for him. When you think about the, the injuries they've gone through, the running back, the one year they were down, the top three running backs. Then they were down the top two corners and safeties. You know, and they will, they'll still compete. The quarterback has been banged up the last couple of years. His teams always compete. Number three, I have it Mike Tomlin because say what you want to say about Mike Tomlin. There's no way they should have won nine games last year with Kenny Pickett. And the fact that he has never had a losing season in 16 years speaks volumes about how that man coaches, how he surrounds himself with the right coaches, and how his team, no matter who's on the field, and they didn't have T.J. Watt for a bulk of games last year. They still found a way to go 9-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. He's never had a losing season in 16 years. That's coaching. Number two, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, in two years, went from a Super Bowl to the AFC Championship game. Now, granted, he has a lot of talent. And his quarterback was getting his brains beat out. And they still went to the Super Bowl and AFC Championship game in back-to-back years. And number one has been Andy Reid. Andy Reid has won 100 games with two different teams and has won two of the last three Super Bowls. The man's 65 years old and can still relate to today's player and get the maximum effort out of today's player. And what that organization did with a bunch of kids last year, I can't emphasize enough. So Andy Reid sits at number one. Okay. All right. Good. Good list. Good explanations, too, uh, on top of it. Nice work. Nice work, Gunner. 
All right. So uh, I went, I went Robert Sala 10, because I mm -hmm. think he's a good coach yeah. and I think they're going to be good. And I think you, we're going to see this year with Rogers and, some of the personnel moves. I think he's in a good situation with the, with a good GM and Doug, uh, Joe Douglas. Also, I put Mike McDaniel nine. I think he's a really good coach. The problem he has is what Barrett pointed out. We don't know that Tua can get through a game, let alone a season. Right. Um, but I watched the way he catered that thing to Tua, who I think lacks some arm strength and their offense was crushing it before mm -hmm. Tua started having the injuries. I think the guy's very innovative. He's, he's kind of weird and quirky. I don't know how many people have seen him like sit down and talk. He's different. He's a deep thinker. He's an Ivy league guy, smart dude, but he's out there a little bit. But anyway, I have him at uh, nine. I still have not written Mike Rabel off as a coach. Um, I don't like the way the last right. few years have trended in Tennessee, but I think the guy's a good coach. And I, I think agree. if he gets bounced from there, he'll go somewhere else and be good. He's eight. This is where I started to have a tough time because the, here's where you start to get in like, like a bunch of veteran guys who all won championships. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Like I have Tomlin here at seven and I could easily have Tomlin at like two or three. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. I have Doug Peterson at six. Doug won one. Doug took his team last year really far in his first year down there. Uh, but I have him six. I have John Harbaugh. I don't like the way the organization's gone about things with, with Lamar Jackson, but I still think John Harbaugh is a phenomenal coach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I have the hoodie at five, but like, that's almost blasphemous, but yeah. he hasn't won one without Brady. Yeah. Yeah. So and not even close either. Yeah. And, you know, and he's in charge of personnel. So yeah. whatever it looks like is on him. It's not like he has some GM who's screwing <clears> him with no talent. Um, then I go Sean Payton at four for all the reasons you guys illuminated. You know, I just think that that guy, you watch how much different Russell Wilson looks this year. And how different that team looks with, with with that guy coaching them. So I have them at uh, him at four. I put Sean McDermott, who I haven't written off, at three. Now, if he does not get it done this year, he gets he goes way down on this list. I'm a, a giving him a, 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 a more than probably anybody else a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Uh, I think Zach Taylor is a really good coach. I have him too, and I have Andy Reid at one. Andy Reid for all the reasons. Derek just laid out, but, and, and you guys, I thought both of your lists were good, man. I thought they were both really well done. I think we all had a good list, you know? Yeah. Um, I, that's why I said, I could have put, I could have put Vrabel I had on my list and I scratched him out and stuck Salah in there um, because I do believe Vrabel is a very good coach. He's an old school coach. His team plays like his mindset, rugged football on both sides of the ball. They want to, they want to beat you in the submission. They're not a flashy team. They're going to run the ball. It's old school, run the football, run the football, and, and, and let the run set up the pass. On defense, they want to try to out-physical you, out-hit you. you know. And you have to have a certain type of mindset. And you can tell the players play the way the coach thinks there. But it's been it's been a little tough for them for the last couple of years. I very easily could have had them on that list. Um, the fact that Stefanski and, and, and Daniel both took teams to the playoffs in their first years speaks volume, especially Stefanski. When you think about Cleveland has hadn't gone to the playoffs since the early 2000s, basically. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, one, one playoff appearance, and he turns around and he gets them in, in his first year in the playoffs, and they win a game. Their first playoff win in 15 years. I mean, that, that speaks volumes. But now they went through the quarterback issue. You know, um, the quarterback down in Tampa was not it. Right. You know, Baker Mayfield was more of a problem than he was a solution. Then they didn't have Deshaun Watson most of that year because of what he went through. So now let's see what he can do with the quarterback full season at the helm of his offense now. See where it goes from there. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a look, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at some of these teams. The other thing is you're so dependent on a quarterback. If you don't have a court, it just look at Belichick. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. And Mike Tomlin went through the end of Ben and all of a sudden they didn't look as good. Uh, you know, Peterson, when, when Carson went off the rails, all of a sudden Doug looks really bad. Robert Sala for, for as good a job as he did last year, he had Zach Wilson and uh, Mike White and, and, and Joe Flacco. And ultimately it didn't matter when Harbaugh, when, when Lamar goes down, like he has the last couple of years, Harbaugh doesn't look like the same coach, like all these things you're so QB driven. And that's where you give Andy credit. You know, he was, he moved up and he got Mahomes, and it, it's looking like mm-hmm. one of the most ingenious moves that mm-hmm. we've seen over the last few years. Uh, that's for sure. So yeah, it's a good, good stuff there, guys. All right, let's come back. Uh, we'll continue with the NFL talk. We'll do some NBA playoffs. Doc Rivers speaks out on the Joel Embiid situation and retaliation in the NBA. So we'll let you hear that. But uh, birthdays and movies and all that good stuff coming up in the final segment of the show. So don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. We're going to talk about data, real estate, and razor technology. Data is everywhere in business today, but when it's locked away in silos, it can't be efficiently used, and businesses don't have time to wait for the insights that shape decision-making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting, and distributing it to decision-makers. Razor helps businesses transform their model data and use it to populate real-time dashboards and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress as well as warning signs in need of attention. Smart data analytics and the tools to make data insights easily digestible help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth for your business. To learn more, contact Razor Tech today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wild, 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 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hanging out with you on this Friday. Thanks for hanging with us for Sports Take Jacob's YouTube Network. Derek Barrett, Rob. All right, interesting quotes from Doc Rivers. We had Keith Pompey on off the top of the show, guys, uh, and he was he joined us early uh, to go to the Sixers shoot around today in anticipation for Game Four tomorrow. Sixers up 3-0 after a crazy game last night. So there was uh, a couple crazy plays in the game. One, Joel Embiid early uh, retaliating for Nick Claxton you know, over him, preening over him and, you know, uh, Embiid essentially retaliated and kicked him in the, you know, the junk, uh, if we're being real here. Uh, (laughs) And then later in the game, James Harden gets kicked out for trying to clear some space using his arm, hitting the defender in his nether regions. Um, So Doc was asked, uh, to you know, earlier about the whole retaliation thing. And he said, quote, uh, you know, listen, and I'm going to say this probably shouldn't. I don't think I didn't think Draymond Green should have been suspended. And I think the league is setting up a very dangerous, dangerous precedent right now. And this is not me campaigning. I'm dead serious. And I said it kind of yesterday before. I wish I had said it louder. But if we're going to start punishing the retaliators and not the instigator, then we got a problem in the league. And as a coach, I love Jacques, meaning Jacques Vaughn. But I can't believe we have coaches campaigning for guys not playing. That's just nuts to me. I've been a player, and this is a player's league, and I'm 100% pro player. I think players should play in games. We talk all year about fans being unhappy about guys playing, and now we're taking guys out of the playoffs. I don't believe in the past stuff. I don't believe in the past stuff either. They take away all of your techs at the end of the season, and you start over. And then you should start over with this stuff too. Joe Don't Dumars was saying with Draymond the past, no, you should have done something then. Now that this is the now. Anyway, uh, but on top of that, Draymond stepped on a guy's chest. Uh, I look, I don't need to get into the whole thing. His point is retaliation. And at one point he said, uh, I didn't grow up in the sticks and stones era, I grew up in the breaking bones era. He did. Yes. There's no question. Yeah. He played he, he played in the thug era, man. I'm gonna tell you something. Back in the 80s and stuff, NBA was straight up thugs back then, man. No question about that. And yeah. fights I mean, would break out religiously back then. And yeah. players would get fined, but they wouldn't get t- tossed out of games like they do now. Yeah. But, but it was called they were called the bad boys for a reason. They yeah. weren't even bad boys, they were some knuckleheads. You know, back thugs, day. professional thugs. Yeah. So, Doc, you know. Doc was asked about it in the press conference last night. I'm assuming he was like a younger reporter. And they said, hey, you ever seen anything like this? He's like, 
I played for the Knicks in the nineties, man. Go back and watch the tape. There you go. Pretty good line by Doc. Uh, Now you can read into it. Is he campaigning for Joel a little bit? Maybe. That's okay. I'm all right. You should be campaigning for your guys. You know what though? I mean, to be honest, you can't be kicking people, man, below the equator. I mean, come on, man. You can't be doing that. And it was blatant that 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 Harden extended that elbow and caught my man. He caught my man in the twilight zone. You know, I mean, you got you got to be careful, man. We're doing some of this stuff, and Harden's Harden's known for doing that, extending that elbow to get separation so he can do that step back jumper. Yeah, I don't so, think he was trying. I know it doesn't matter. I don't think right. the intent was there for Harden. I think the intent was yeah. that Joel was trying to kick him in the right in the stones. Yeah. See, Joel's letting these dudes get in their head, man. They're, yep. they're basically they're basically roughing him up on purpose, and he's falling for this mess. Yes. To the point he's turning the, the ball over at a high rate because he's frustrated. He's not getting the volume of shots that he that he's normally getting. He's frustrated. They're basically in his head right now, and luckily they're up three three nothing because. Brooklyn gave that game away. Brooklyn had them dead to rights. Yeah. You had Harden out of the game. You had Joel with five fouls. Mm-hmm. You know, you had them dead to rights and you let them off the hook. And what did Dennis Green say? And we let them off the hook. Slam it down. Yeah. He you did. Know, exactly he did. what they did. Uh, a couple things around the league. Nick Nurse is out in Toronto. Uh, they're saying uh, Ime Udoka is the guy that they're going to take a run at uh, in Toronto. They're, they're, they're linking potentially Nick nurse to Houston to maybe go to the Rockets uh, and that young team, who knows what may end up happening there. But uh, you know, there's some intriguing names out there on the, on the, uh, on the coaching list now who who may become available. Um, Beyond that uh, we had some interesting games last night. So the Warriors beat the Kings 114 97. They did it without Draymond green. Uh, Steph Curry went for 36. Kayvon Looney played very, very well uh, playing for, for Draymond Green, that's now become a series. But it, it's very Golden State-ish, you know, lose on the road, lose badly, and then they play well at home, even without Draymond Green. If, if somehow, someway, Golden State finds a way to win just one game on the road, just one, I think they win that series, to be honest. Because I, I heard a stat last night I had never heard before. Golden State this season is number 28 on defense on the road, but number three in defense at home. Mm. How can you be so Jekyll and Hyde? That's weird. I've never heard this before. How can you be so bad away from home? You're playing the same schemes on on the road as you are at home, but yet you're 28th in defense on the road. Yeah, I don't get that. 28th. Mm. I don't care how many. I don't care how good your team is. You ain't winning games being at the bottom of the barrel on defense if you're away from home. No. You got you got to suck it up on it. I, it I, that that stat just just floored me when I heard that. Man, I, yeah, that's hard to believe. It really is. Um, we'll see. That's a it's a for the most part, it's a young Kings team. You know, the Warriors have seen it all. Now we'll see how they respond. You know, now we're going to find out what uh, what the Kings are made of a little bit here away from home. So uh, the Warriors win. Steph has a big game. The Suns beat the Clippers. Uh, 129, 124. The big story there, no Kawhi. He aggravated his knee in game mm-hmm. two. Paul George already out. So, uh, you know, Clippers are, are down in a big way. That's mm-hmm. uh, They're in some trouble. They're in some trouble. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is up 2-1 now. Uh, Booker at 45, 18 of 29 shooting. I mean, Devin Booker was mm-hmm. just on the money. 
And and they're 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 running at Durant, which is leaving Booker. I mean, Booker's not a guy you want to be leaving. I, I let anybody else beat me. I think Devin Booker is the Western Conference version of Jason Tatum, plain yeah. and simple. That's, yeah. that's what he is. When that dude starts loading up, man, he is unstoppable. Yeah, you know, I love his. I love everything about his game, and he plays defense. Yeah, you know, I love everything about his game, man. Yeah, he's just an excellent player. He really is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He is just such a good player right now. All right, so yeah, we had those three games, if you include the Sixers. Now, tonight, uh, it is Atlanta-Boston. Boston's up 2-0. That game's back in Atlanta. That series goes back to Atlanta. That's the 7 o'clock game. The 8.30 game, this is a great – I love this series. This is the uh, Cleveland and the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, you go back to New York, it's 1-1. That's 8.30. And then the 9.30 game is Denver – at Minnesota, Denver's up too. I, that's the one I'm, I'm least yeah. engaged in. Interested in, yeah. Yeah, but the yeah. first two, first two, I mean, you, you keep your eye on the Celtics because it's probably going to be the Sixers' opponent, but uh, the middle game is the one that has the most juice for me with, with the Knicks and, and the Cavs. I agree. I agree. There's a lot of young, there's a lot of young teams that are out playing right now, man. I mean, young, young teams that are, that are showing, you know, showing that they can compete, man. And that they're going to be better. They're going to get better and better. And these old teams like the Sixers, Old teams like like uh, you, you look at Milwaukee. Yeah, you got to uh, do it now, Bar. L.A. All these teams are starting to get too old, and and you look at these young teams, man. They're starting to make some hay now. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get get with it, man. So, man, yes. we we we're too old right now. We better maximize it while we're at the point we're at right now. You don't have a, like a next year to get younger. You got to get younger now in order to compete with these young guys. These young boys is rolling. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Um, I right, to hit a baseball topic here. Uh, Max Scherzer will not appeal his 10 game suspension. Uh, he got he got tossed the other day. Oh, <laughs> he got caught. Right. It's just he's like, oh, I, I could go through the appeals and blah blah blah. I like, okay, dude. So he's just taking his 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 medicine and he's gonna he's gonna sit this one out. He gets 10 games, which I guess that would be maybe. I I think it's only gonna amount to one start. He's gonna miss uh, with the way it's all shaking out. So that's uh. That's the latest from him. Uh, let's do some birthdays, and then we'll get it back to uh, to an Eagles question that I have for you, both of you gents. All right. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II mm-hmm. was born on this day in 1926. She just departed not all that long ago. We, 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 uh, we lost her. My favorite stuff is royalty. So there we go. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so she's not with us anymore. Rest in peace, Queen. Uh, All right. Uh, man, you're a mess, man. You say I, you say I have issues. I just, dude. When it comes to royalty, who freaking cares? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, just well, to born add into wealth. To you. Good for you. Enjoy yeah. it. Whatever. Add insult to your injury. She was the queen from 1952 up until 2022 when she passed. I thought that's information you would like to know. Thank you. She had quite a run. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gonna take out? Hey, who's who's the one in the chat that took exception to that? You, uh, way yeah, back people when? got angry last time was I did. A, that. What, what yeah. was her name? Diane or something like that? It took exception to that. She, you, she did get mad. Yeah, you have to be careful with the royalty. People get angry. I don't know. I don't know what goes on. Yeah, like Chris. I know. Uh oh, here I go. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, let, let, let's move on. James McAvoy, the actor, I believe he's Scottish uh, actor. Very good. Excellent, man. He was, he, he's awesome. Actor. That yeah. dude's good. Glass uh, unbreakable. Yeah. Yep, yep. He's talented. Uh, he's 44 today. Andy McDowell, actress, uh, former model is 65 today. Four weddings and a funeral, a bunch of other stuff. 
uh, throughout her career. Oh, I, thought you, I thought it was her life story. You were telling me four weddings and a funeral. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's most of Hollywood, but no, <laughs> no. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, 37 today. Beast mode. Beast yep. mode. Uh, Anthony Quinn, the, the great actor, was born on this day in 1915. Wow. Uh, yeah. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop, the uh, punk rocker, is 76 years old today. All right, and a guy I don't I only find him funny in one movie. And you guys tell me if you agree or disagree on this one. I think he's very funny in Hangover. He plays one of the Las Vegas policemen when mm-hmm. with the stun gun. Yeah. Rob Riggle. He's yes. great Rob in Riggle. that. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great in that. And he gets uh he gets um what's his name? Like right in the neck. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, watch this. Watch this. Yeah. Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey, check it out. <laughs> I don't know. I liked him in um, I liked him in Step Brothers, and I liked him in Night School with Kevin Hart. I, he, I liked him in. Those he two. wasn't bad, and I, I guess it's, you know what? It's more of I, he used to be on. I don't know if he still is on Fox Football's uh, pregame, and the skits never were funny to me. I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but he he was, you know, he's had his couple couple things in movies. Uh, Tony Romo, forty three years old today, is Tony Romo. Um, Robert Smith, not the football player. The guy from The Cure. He was the mm-hmm. lead singer with the hair that mm-hmm. was like. Yep. He's 64 today. Hey. Yeah. Patty Lupone, who was an actress, done a lot of Broadway, but she's done other stuff too. She is 74 years old today. Tony Danza of, uh, of you know, Who's the Boss? Who's the Taxi boss, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what else was he? Was he in something else? But those two things. Uh, he's 72 today. Charles Grodin, the actor, was born on this day in 1935. Uh, Nicole Smith, actress, is 53 today. Ken Caminiti, uh, former NBA or MLB player who passed away very young. Uh, drugs uh, did him in. Uh, he was born on this day, 1963. Brutus Beefcake. Oh, yeah. Beefcake. That's right. Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake. That's right. One of the wow. characters, man. Yeah, he, he was, was. A, he, in the 80s. He was, he was crazy. Uh, he is 66 today. Uh, Oliver McCall is 58 today. Um, Do you know he is the only boxer in 74 professional fights who was never knocked down? What? He was never knocked down? He was never knocked down in 74 professional fights. His record was 58-14-2. He won a heavyweight championship in 94. He upset Lennox, Lennox Lewis by knocking out Lennox Lewis. He was never knocked down in a professional bout. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know that. Huh. That's yeah, what I'm here for, Rob. Filling the dots. Good information, Derek. No, he was. I liked him as a boxer, Oliver McCall. Uh, all right, that's all I got. Birthdays. What else do you guys have? Your boy Josh Ooh. McDaniels. Coach, oh, today's his birthday. Okay, forty-seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Allen, uh, the basketball player. Oh yeah, Cleveland. Old. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaq Thompson. Yep. Ian, he's twenty-nine. Cadillac Williams is forty-one. Yeah. Cadillac. Running back. Cadillac and Ronnie yeah. Brown in the, yep. in the Auburn backfield. Yep. You know, he only yep. lasted five, seven years in the NFL. That's crazy, man. Is that he, it? Was no. a, he was the fifth overall t- player taken. He lasted seven years. He's coaching in Auburn now when, yeah, when he's the coach like got fired. Coach. Well, you know, he was the interim head coach. They just hired, yeah. they hired a new head coach, but he was the first black head coach in the history of Auburn. Yep. They never had an assistant? Oh, a head coach when he no, took no, over head, head coach. coach. Oh, head oh, coach. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh, wow. When he took over as the interim, and he went two and two as an interim, a lot of people thought he would get the head coaching job, and they got some guy named Frazier. Um, what was his name? Freeze. Some guy named Freeze to be the Hugh new head Freeze. coach. Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. 
Uh, Brian J. White, an actor. I like the movie. Uh, great actor. I like when him. He was at uh, Channing Tatum. They were in that, that movie Fighting. I like that. He was in, okay. he was in Stomp the Yard, also in Mister Three yep. Mister Three Thousand with uh, Bernie Mac. Uh -huh. Yep, yep. Um, and that's it. Okay, got it. Um, got it. Yeah, I got the Robbie Amell, who's thirty five, who was in the Babysitter and the Tomorrow People. And Flash. Uh, the Flash. Now I'm gonna mess this name up, but she's a really good actress. Um, Gugu Mbatha Raw. She was in Concussion with Real, Will Smith. Oh, was she and the wife? The whole truth. Yep. Oh, she's yeah, she 40, is good. She's forty. Yep. Uh, Toby Stevens, who was in uh, Lost in Space and Die Another Day, is fifty-four. Mm -hmm. Terrence J, who's a good actor, he was in Think Like a Man, Stomp the Yard in Fear. Yeah. He's forty-one. You said Charles Grodin, right? Okay. Yes. Yep. Uh, Sophie Rundle, who was in Peaky's Blinders. You ever see Peaky's Blinders? That's a pretty good British movie. A se okay. I believe it's a series. It's on Netflix. And The Bodyguard, 35. Nicole Sullivan, who's in The King of Queens, is 53. Yes. James Dobson, who was the founder of Focus on the Family, a big-time evangelical leader, is 87. Uh, Dylan Bruce uh, is 43. Christoph Sanders, who's a really good actor, with Last Man Standing and Legally Blondes, is 35. Vincent LeCavier, the former NHL player, oh, 17 years in NHL. He signed a five-year deal. With, he played his first 14 years in the league with uh, Tampa Bay, and then he, he came to the Flyers. He, he signed a five-year, $22.5 million deal. He only played a couple of years with them yeah. before he announced his retirement. He was uh, Eric King, who was in Dexter's and Casualty of War, 60 years old. Uh, you have, uh, let's see here, Eddie Belfort. Many, remember Eddie Belfort? Yeah, Eddie Belfort, the goalie. Eddie Belfort is 58, and Jesse Orozco, former baseball mm. pitcher, is 66. He uh, he closed out the 86 World Series. Man, uh, your memory is good. Jesse Orozco, yeah. Um, all right, uh, movies. We've got a couple. Not bad. Field of Dreams, 1989, uh, yep. Kevin Costner and uh, James Earl Jones. Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg, 1995. Yep. Pet Cemetery, 1989, horror flick. Like While you movie. were sleeping, 1995, yep. and uh, that's all I got. And uh, it's, it's one of Stephen King's best novels, Salem's Lot, was turned into a movie. It's coming out this matter of fact, it's coming out today. Mm. Salem's Lot, you know, going back to Field of Dreams for just a moment. You know, uh, after the movie, they hired they hired groundskeepers from both the NFL and Major League Baseball to keep that field up. And then, of course, they've made money off their field having different games. Their major league has, has had a game there, and other they've had other events there as well on that field. But yeah, they hired they hired big time groundskeepers to keep that to keep that field together. Is that right? Yep. I, I did not know that. No, that's All right, cool. guys, we're gonna have to you know look at Captain Tony. Captain Tony is going fishing without his boy, going to Marathon, Florida. Oh man! While while we're up here. He's going down fishing a marathon, bro. Mm -hmm. You see, he took a shot at you a little while ago, Barry. I, I tried to, I tried to ignore it, but he's texting me too. He's, he's gonna make sure that I see it. Oh, he said, yeah, D-Gun. not right, man. Not yeah, he right, said, D-Gun, someone has a boat in the water and someone has a boat on land. Oh. Can't fish from the beach. LOL. Wow. Damn. He, he got his in this morning. Oh. And then, he, then, he, then he shot me a, a picture of it. I sent it to you guys. It's a nice boat, man. But I, wish, nice. I, could, mm -hmm. I, I wish I could have my boat in the water, but I yeah. can't. Right now, I'm working here. Yeah, well, you know, you're uh, you're here, and you got the draft. Timing's tough. This is Whoa. this upcoming week's a tough week. 
So, I mean, I got to paint the bottom of my boat. I got to wax it and I got to put new zincs on it and I got to do the fix the toilet and I got to put in another AC unit in the mid section of my boat. That's so much damn work to do, bro. You should have all that done by August. See what I'm saying? <laughs> See what I'm saying? He's not supporting you. See what I'm saying? No, I'm supporting. I'm That's saying I'm with about. everything you got going on, how do you have time to fix all that at once? You should have it done by August. How about I take a couple weeks off, man? You ain't taking a couple weeks off. No. What? What? No. What is that all about? If Rob can't take a couple weeks off, if I can't take a couple well, weeks it's, off, it's, it's, no, it's not that. Rob won't take a couple weeks off. Rob just because won't do he's it, dedicated man. to the cause. You need uh, I am too. Well, you now when you talk about taking a couple weeks, if you say a couple days, I'm like, all right, Barry, do your thing, bro. We all need that's a mental a, break. It's a long a way, couple way, weeks, bro. A I should get a couple way, weeks bro. off. Yes, we'll all take a couple weeks. How about that? We'll make it happen. Let's <laughs> take, take the whole month of July off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right so we're sitting here we're six well yeah six days away believe it or not uh from the draft actually it carries over into saturday too so we we go thursday friday saturday uh with the way the draft works now uh, but we know the first round is the big one on uh on thursday and we're all going to be doing our thing derek and i down at ocean uh doing our jacob uh draft show barrett will be doing his thing for nbc sports philadelphia uh and it's it's interesting because it's rare that you come off a Super Bowl appearance and you're picking as high as 10. It is definitely yeah. rare. And you also have 30 back there as sort of a safety valve if you need it. Uh, with that said, how we go out of the box, guys, in your estimation, or is it an on-brand pick for the Eagles, do you think? There's a significant part of me that, that thinks how he wants to get an impact player at 10 a future cornerstone, whatever position it is at 10, which means he stays somewhere around that area. But because of the history we know with Howie, I'm 70% that he stays in that number 10 area. There's 30% of me that says he's going to mess up our whole draft night, Rob. We're going to be sitting there twiddling <laughs> our thumbs, eating, eating good food, waiting for them to do something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how I many agree. times – they're such a good team right now that how many times they're going to get this number 10 pick picked out Exactly. Here? Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even, even in their worst years, they've always been picking right around 17, 18 in their bad years. So for them to have a top 10 pick, man, you might as well have a top 10 talent. But I don't know if you have top 10 talent in this draft. According to the experts, there's only real – there's like 17 or 18 first-round, true first-round type players yeah, 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 in the whole yeah. draft. Exactly. Which means a lot of players beyond it – a lot of people beyond it are taking what they hope will be role players who can emerge – into frontline players. Right. There's right. a lot of good talent. There's not a lot of great talent in this draft. Yeah. That that is the thing that jumps out of you. I mean, people are gonna overreach for a quarterback that much we know, and we'll see how many of them hit. But you start getting past that. It's like Jalen Carter, uh, it's like Will Anderson, and yeah, maybe if you want to make a case for Bijan, but it's down it's a down receiver. You feel like it's a little bit down. For the most part, defensive line. It's a little bit down offensive line. It, it, it's not as much of a standout draft yep, yep. as we've had in years past. Which mm-hmm. no, you know, Dang. knows what the impact is there. Nell Nell says y'all not allowed to take off. Hey, we all need a mental break in life. <laughs> Nell, come on, have some heart, have yeah. some compassion for us. Don't you have a son-in-law to fix yeah, your Barrett? stuff, Barry Brooks? There you go. <laughs> yeah, Barrett, let your son-in-law do the work. 
Exactly. Hey man, I got uh, son-in-laws hanging out doing speakers for me. And, you got to get and send them over to Barrett's house. Yeah, hey man, I got son-in-laws do. do, doing all kinds of stuff for me, man. Hey, yeah, man. hey, you marry my daughters, you marry the father. Exactly. <laughs> that is well said. Yes. Keep that in mind, Rob. When your beautiful daughter gets married, you tell your future son-in-law, "Let me sit down, son. Let me talk to you." Can you, you change oil? If you can huh? you change oil? Yeah, can no, you, you can't change oil. Can you paint? Out. Can you can you paint? Yes. You better at least be able to landscape or do that stuff. Cut the lawn, man. And how your steps holding up, man? Your steps been cool. So far, I mean, there's one. That's slightly, it's not what one of the ones I worked on that's a little loose, which I got to do. But the ones I did, I don't know how, but they've held up, man. It's, some, it's a miracle. Get that cement glue, man. That's I'm, all I'm telling, telling you. you, it is an absolute miracle. All right, we got to roll. Uh, I got to go outside and plant flowers all evening, man. Yeah, I hear you. Potted plants. I must have bought like 10 bags of, of, of potting soil in the last couple of days. My shoulder's killing me, man. Stay away from the Benadryl, man. I got a bad my knees, knee. My knees are just now, my knees are just now walkable now from basketball yeah, yeah yeah i was limping for the entire week yeah barking all week i know right. i know chief <laughs> tuna said, said rob needs a day off to mourn the queen <laughs> <laughs> i'm still not over it <gasps> um, all right want to thank uh tone to shields tone great job all week my man job, as tone. always great job Appreciate you, tone. out of tone uh want to thank everybody in the chat section making it entertaining for us everybody streaming everybody listening we appreciate you. We thank you. Uh, don't go anywhere because you have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. So, Derek Barrett, you guys have great weekends, and everybody love, have man. a great weekend. And we'll see you guys Monday, same time, Sports Day. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.